0: Thank you.
1: It's Nick DiGiulio on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. It's a Tuesday night into a Wednesday morning, and Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday morning at 3.30, we play Know Your Onion. It's where Tom is your host. We'll take two callers. They'll each have a round. Tom will read off some news headlines, and you have to figure out whether they're real or they're from the satirical newspaper, The Onion. And uh, you win things. Things are fun. So um we're gonna be talking with uh Ian Schur um from CNET.com. Um he joins us once a month to talk all things tech. Lots of tech news and lots of tech stories we'll get into. CNET's a terrific website and uh and Ian and the and the gang over at CNET do a, a, a terrific job. Uh, so that's uh CNET.com. Our monthly visit with Ian uh is coming up. Every uh Morning at 2.30 on the show, we play some classic Johnny Carson clips. You can watch the Johnny Carson show on uh, Antenna TV every night. And uh, we're going to play back some stand-up from St- Skip Stevenson. This is from 1977. I think most people remember Skip Stevenson from Real People, a TV show. But he's going to do some stand-up, and we'll hear it. Uh, chocolate sales are spiking during the pandemic, so we're going to talk about comfort food and what comforts you uh, during you know, down times or tense times like these. Uh, And then conspiracies that turned out to be real. I'm going to get into some conspiracies. There's always some crazy conspiracy theories uh, out there. So, um, and uh, there was an Italian flat earth misadventure that we're going to talk about. (laughs) Where did this story? Where, where Tom Tom Hush, my producer, where did you find this uh, Italian flat Earth misadventure story? Well, as you might expect, I keep up to date with all international news. Uh, I found this on an Italian magazine. Uh, it's about a couple that wanted to find the edge of the flat Earth and just wound up in Sicily. <laughs> so, and then they tried it again. They did. All right, another conspiracy right there. But we'll we'll get into conspiracies that turned out to be real and, and much more. Our phone number is 312-981-7200. That's the Team Hochberg phone line, 312-981-7200. We would love to hear from you if you want to join us. We would love to hear from you. Okay, well, let's get into it. We all remember last summer when um, Chance the the Snapper uh, was in Humboldt Park. And it was, the, it was the talk of the town. People were traveling over to Humboldt Park and taking pictures and hanging out and visiting Chance. And then he ended up uh, being rescued and taken by Frank Alligator Robb. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and he's got a new book. He's already written one book and, uh, about this. And uh, now he's got another book. And it's, it's called Our American Alligator. It's all about Chance. And he's uh, been working with uh, wildlife for years and years. So we're going to talk about that and more. Let's welcome Frank to the uh, to the show. Frank, welcome.
2: Howdy! Thank you for having me, sir. I
1: Absolutely, appreciate it. no, I, I appreciate it. Let, let's let's talk. Well, first of all, let's talk about your background. When did you start getting into uh, wildlife and 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 making that such a big part of your life, and you know, uh, and and making it your life?
2: Well, I grew up land surveying with my dad, who was a professional land surveyor. So we were always out in the middle of swamps and uh, cutting property lines out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, having, you know, whatever it might be that day, a bat crawling up on you or coming across snakes or <laughs> alligators or whatever it might be, you know, it at all times. And that, that became part of what we did. And then my uncle was always doing educational programs with reptiles and kept a bunch of reptiles. And then when he became the uh, trapper for the state of Florida, I started helping him and I guess I was a freshman in high school then, and kind of just kind of kept doing the work. Yeah.
1: So w- when you were out there in the swamps and places with your dad, uh, did any of the animals ever kind of freak you out, or did you always take a liking to them and, and embrace them?
2: Uh, yeah. Well, you know, as a kid, you don't really know what to be afraid of and what not to be afraid of. But yeah. uh, mom and dad were always playing with stuff like that. You know, hey, check this out. This is how it works. This is what it. This is what it's uh, what it does here's what to be concerned about here's not what to be concerned about it was it wasn't be afraid here's uh here's what you can enjoy about this animal yeah pretty pretty refreshing you know yeah
1: that's 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 really good great way to look at it so they were educating you at an at an early age so that you would uh that you would get into this
2: yes sir yeah or not be worried about it you know yeah you shouldn't worry you shouldn't grow up being scared of things you should grow up finding the find the joy in the stuff that's there to get joy out of truly yeah well that's really cool so uh always been an outdoorsman there Frank yes sir yeah for the most part always been uh been outside doing something I have a hard time sitting still I like to be moving and like to be doing things and uh as I get older I'm not appreciating the heat so much as much as I used to but uh, <laughs> it's uh it's part of it now you're located in it's Florida you're, you're you're located in Florida correct Yes, sir. On the East Coast, opposite the Kennedy Space Center.
1: Yeah. Okay. And uh, what's the wildlife like in Florida?
2: Um, like everywhere else, they do everything they can to get away from you. Uh, <laughs> people, they get a bad rap, you know. Everybody thinks everything wants to eat you, and it's not like Africa. You know, you know everything wants to get, everything wants to get away from you here. Yeah. Uh, they just there's a lot of a lot of big stuff and a lot of uh, interesting alien-like critters. So people the uh, people aren't used to them.
1: What 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 are some of the alien like critters as you mentioned?
2: <laughs> a lot of big snakes, a lot of big spiders, uh, a lot of big a lot of big insects of all different kinds, and just things that people aren't really expecting to see. Not to mention the frogs. Uh, oh, the frogs. Uh, there's a lot of frogs in Florida. Oh yeah, yeah. We're kind of Florida's being taken over by uh, an invasive species called a Cuban tree frog, and you walk outside and they kind of jump all over you. Oh yeah, that's uh, I,
1: I remember reading about that. They're falling out of the trees and stuff. Yeah, they jump all
2: over you. Yes, <laughs> oh. it's, it's a good time.
1: Yeah, good time. I. Have, but frogs are my favorite animals, by the way. Yeah, they're they're uh, pretty special. Yeah, I love them. Pretty special. What's what do you what do you like about what what makes the frog so special?
2: Man, it's just uh, being an amphibian. You know, what I mean, they uh, some of them need water, some of them don't need water. A lot of these tree frogs. They seem to live in everything, and every time you think you've seen it all, you'll see want to eat a mouse or something. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, these jokers—they're no joke, man. They're—they're uh, they're yeah. crazy critters. Uh,
1: wow, that's great. Okay, uh, Frank, hold on. Okay, yes, sir. Uh, Frank Alligator Rob is with us. He is the guy who uh, got uh, chance the snapper out of the uh, out of the Humboldt Park uh, Lake there, uh, and um, and brought him brought him brought him home. And it obviously made all the news last uh, last summer. It was last summer, right? Yeah, last summer. Crazy. Okay. Uh, we'll talk more with Alligator Rob right here on 720 WGN. If you want to jump in here, 312-981-7200. We would love to hear from you.
0: My Amos Moses
3: was a Cajun. He lived by himself in the swamp. He hunted alligator for living. He just not knock him in the head with a stone. the, the analog, do get you Amos. It ain't legal alligator down in the swamp, boy.
1: I love this song so much. <laughs> oh man. Jerry Reed. Amos Moses. Such a cool song. Uh, I love it. Nick degilio here on 720 WGN. How are you? We're live in the Skyline studio. If you would like to join us. is the phone number. Frank Alligator Rob is with us. He's the guy who uh, came to town and got uh, Chance the Snapper out of the Humboldt Park. Uh, And uh, he's written a couple of books. The latest is uh, Our American Alligator. And uh, let's welcome Frank back to the show. Frank, you uh, familiar with that song?
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, I've heard it a couple times. It's a good one.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's a a classic. Good old Jerry Reed. No um, doubt. Yeah. So uh, you work on educational programs for for uh, federal, state, city, and county government agencies.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, I do uh, do educational programs for about anybody you can think of, including schools. You know, uh, done them for NASA, done them for DoD, um, just about anybody you can think of. And what do they consist of? Uh, what, what 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 kinds
1: of uh, uh, varying uh, educational programs do you do?
2: Um, reptiles in general, uh, alligators, you know, turtles, whatever it might be. Uh, Whatever they're having issues with, Uh, like, for instance, our different uh, city groups here, we'll get together and do educational programs for them with uh, showing them what non-venomous snakes are here and what non-venomous snakes are here and what they're likely to come across, Oh, okay. how to identify them, uh, stuff like that, what to be concerned about and what not to be concerned about. Uh, Here where I live, we have four venomous snakes and about 37 non-venomous snakes. So it's pretty important to know what what you can put your hands on and what you can't put your hands on. Yeah. And when it comes to the alligators, which we have thousands upon thousands of them here in Brevard County, where I'm at, uh, you need to know what you can get away with and what you can't get away with. What uh, What's smart and what's not smart, and we kind of go over all that good stuff.
1: It's a, this is a simple question. It, what's the difference between a crocodile and an alligator?
2: Um, well, a, an alligator is one of 26 species of crocodilians. There's about... Uh, Ten of those are crocodiles. Um, there's multiple different species of crocodiles. That the one that always gets confused is the American alligator and the American crocodile. There's color difference. Um, the skull is long and tapered, where the American alligator's got a kind of a wide base that stays the same the whole way around. The alligator has an overbite, where the alligator or the yeah, the alligator has an overbite, where the American crocodile kind of has uh the fourth tooth in the bottom exposed they kind of have almost a, a weird underbite yeah uh a lot, lot of things lots and lots of things the more you dig into it yeah. if you see them side by side you you're not going to get them, get them confused no yeah, okay all right and uh you how many species did you say there were there's 26 now ha- oh man yeah, they just they just found a new one in uh columbia i believe they found a new caiman and then the slender snouted crocodile in west africa is being split into two species
1: and how does that happen? Who, who makes that? Who makes that decision?
2: Uh, people doing the research, you know, they break out and look, in the, they actually look at the DNA of these animals and realize that they're genetically uh, differentiated by certain key parts, and they uh, they make that choice. People that are a lot smarter than I am. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, now, tell me a little bit about the uh, the uh,
1: Braverd County Environmentally Endangered Lands programs.
2: Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, here in Brevard we have a, we call it the ILS program. It's the Environmentally Endangered Lands program. We set aside uh, via tax dollars. We set aside so much property every year uh, from being built, and that's there just for the public to go out and use and see these animals, uh, see whatever animals we have. It's kind of the only thing that's holding our county together here in Brevard. Really? It's yeah. It, if it wasn't for that, we would have no places left for the animals really to go, and some of these properties are you know uh anywhere from 25 to 2,500 acres and they're out kind of on the edge of different communities and it's a place for these animals to survive and you know uh hopefully make more of what they are I've come across a lot of interesting things do do a lot of research for them uh on all kinds of different reptiles and animals so it's it's a place i stay pretty busy at
1: yeah and can can, can
2: people just come out and see the animals Yes, sir. Yeah, you can go out and take a walk anytime you want to. Run yeah. across uh, Diamondback rattlesnakes and alligators and whatever else you want to. Wow, do you get a lot of visitors? Uh, those properties get quite a few visitors. They yeah. do. They sure do. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah. Are most people in Florida are, are they used to the are they used to the animals? In, uh, you, know, you know, the kind of the wild animals that are that are indigenous.
2: So the problem the problem we have is everybody down here is an expert at least they think they are <laughs> right,
4: right. And if i'm
2: being honest the whole reason everything up there in chicago with chance worked up the way it did is because when i went there everybody admitted hey we don't know what's going on we don't know how to take care of this this is your thing do what you do yeah um down here everybody's telling you hey you're doing this wrong like why are you where's your uh, where's your chicken Where, where's your chicken at you're you you need a chicken. Why don't you have a chicken? It's always something, you know. Like, come on, guys. It doesn't doesn't work like that, y'all. Wait, wait. doesn't work like that. Why, why do they think you have to have a chicken? Oh, it's 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 something different every day. You know oh, what I mean? okay. Everybody thinks you have to have a chicken to catch an alligator. Uh, yesterday, a guy asked me where my helicopter was at. How do you catch an alligator without a helicopter? <laughs> so how do you catch an alligator with a helicopter? Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's start this over again. Alligators don't. Uh, does this guy think <laughs> alligators fly? Is that the... I don't know. Uh, it's it's that. So you need a bigger boat thing. I carry a canoe with me because usually I'm in people's backyards, and you can't. You can't be if you have to use a boat. It's got to be something small to fit between houses. And uh, you know, it's, I got a nine foot nine inch canoe, and sometimes you put gators bigger than the canoe in the canoe with you, just the way it works. Jeez. All right.
1: So, so do you get calls from people who say, "Hey, there's an alligator in my backyard. Can you come get it?" People call the state. Uh, and then the state dispatches me. And how often do you the get, of ca- how often do you get calls like that? How often do, do, crazy animals end up in people's, on people's property or near their house?
2: We, I, here in Brevard, we work between 12 and 1500 complaints a year. Ends up being about 500 gators a year.
1: Wow. Oh man, that's a stay, lot.
2: Stay as busy as you want to pretty much.
1: Yeah. It sounds like it. Wow. I've caught, I've called a couple. Yeah.
2: About a couple. It
1: sounds like it. <laughs> sounds like it. Uh, we have a listener if you want to call in we would love to hear from you at 312-981-7200. Here's Greg on WGN. Go ahead Greg.
5: Hey, I really appreciate your respect for the wildlife first of all, but uh quick 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 question. Uh, so crocodiles, uh, my understanding is so you got the salties in Australia, you got the Nile crocodile. I wasn't aware. Are there any crocodiles in the United States? I know there's alligators, um, but I wasn't aware of any crocodiles in in the U.S.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, we have a thousand breeding pairs of American crocodiles in South Florida. Most of them are around the Turkey Point Nuclear Power Plant uh, around Homestead. Hmm. And uh, you okay.
1: tr- are you trying to get? Yeah. So they've got they've got they're they're and they're building up the uh, population too, Greg. So
2: there you go. Well, the whole uh, reason the American alligators is per, is a protected species is because of its sil- similarity to the American crocodile. Oh, that's, I see. The American alligators made a recovery, right? They're back in good population. The American crocodile is such a small population, they don't want people getting confused, oh. so they went ahead and keep that keep that protection on them. Oh, okay.
5: So I guess my question also was, so I, you know, I understand like the bull shark, and that that's the same subject, but the bull shark can adapt to fresh water and also live in salt water or brackish water. I thought the crocodile had, had to have salt water. So, um, yeah.
2: Oh. Well, they're, they're, a, they're a species that kind of lives on the coast, but they the crocodiles have salt excretion glands, so they can live in the salt water and be able to purge it out, where the alligator yeah. can live in the salt water as well, but he has to have a freshwater outfall. To go drink a drink a bunch of uh, fresh water and purge the salt water back out. Wow, if that makes any okay. sense,
5: yeah, that's great. No, it, it does. And I've actually seen uh, on shows confrontations with a bull shark and a crocodile before, believe it or not. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Okay, okay. hey, thanks, All thanks right. so much for your knowledge. Thanks, Greg.
1: No problem, sir. Take care. Yeah, that was an interesting call right there. Uh um, good question. What other what other kind of animals do you uh, do you do you do you study?
2: Um, right now I'm just doing a lot of alligator work, a lot of endocrine alligator stuff, a lot of stuff with PDF, uh, uh, PFOs and PFAs, you know, flame retardants, uh, mm. forever chemicals and do a lot of stuff with forever chemicals. Um, but right now it's specifically pretty much, uh, focused on alligators and then the vocalization study that I've been doing where I'm taking vocalizations from all 26 species, juvenile and adult uh, that's what Dina Bear and them came down here with and spent some time with us doing actually oh. a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a long term project. Uh, it's it's going to be a while in the making, but we're working on it. Yeah. All right. Sounds like you're keeping busy. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Actually, I'm going up there to St. Augustine tomorrow to see Chance and look around up there and have a good oh, time that's for where, a little
1: bit. That's where Chance is, huh?
2: Yes, sir. Yep. About an hour and a half north of me. How's he doing? He's doing good. Yeah, yeah, he's doing good. He's getting big. Holy cow, he's getting big!
1: Oh yeah, because he wasn't he wasn't huge when you pulled him out of the uh, when you pulled him out of the
2: water there. Nope, he's a little scrappy fellow, but he's uh, he's becoming a big scrappy fellow pretty quick. Well, that's cool.
1: That's great to hear. I'm glad he's doing okay. Uh, Frank, hold on. Yes, sir. All right, Frank uh, Alligator Rob has written a couple of books. His latest is Our American Alligator, and it's about his experiences with Chance the Snapper, the legendary Humboldt Park alligator from last summer uh if you have a question or a comment we would love to hear from you did you go down to Humboldt Park and check out Chance while he was there <laughs> as I mentioned before um during the whole Chance the Ra- uh, Rapper Chance the Snapper thing um I remember uh, on a Saturday my parents and I went to go see the movie Crawl which is about alligators you know during a hurricane and then um that was while chance the snapper thing was happening and then i got home and i turned on the tv and the three stooges were on and it was an an episode featuring an alligator and i was like this is just it's alligator central right now (laughs) so um more with frank alligator rob his new book is called our american alligator we'll talk about that and more and if you want to jump in love to hear from you 312-981-7200 let's go to the news (laughs)
3: Too tall. Could have used a few pounds.
1: Yeah. Tight
4: pants,
1: points. Hollering out. Hello. She was a blackhead beauty. 720 WGN, Nick DiGilio, Uh Live in the Skyline Studio here until 4 o'clock as we are every uh, weekday night morning. Slash. <laughs> it's Wednesday. Uh, it'll be Wednesday after midnight. And uh, every Wednesday morning at 3.30 we play a round of Know Your Onion. That's where uh, two contestants call in. They each play a round of Know Your Onion. Tom will read a news a news headline, and you have to guess whether it's real or from the satirical newspaper, The Onion. If you get a majority of them right, you win. That's what happens. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number, and we would love to hear from you. My guest is Frank Alligator Rob, um, who has been dealing with wildlife for many, many years. And he is the man who was sent up to Humboldt Park, uh, to grab Chance the the snapper, and uh, and and uh, they took him back down to Florida, and uh, it's a, it was a great story. Uh, Frank, uh, I have to. Yeah, what was the experience like coming out? First of all, how did they contact you to come up to Chicago to get this to get this alligator out of Humboldt Park?
2: Uh, Kelly Kelly Gandersky, uh, there was Chicago Animal Care and Control. She called me one Saturday, I guess about midday. It was telling me all about it, you know. And I'd been out all night working. And uh, I said, "Ma'am, I'm sorry. You gotta, you gotta start again. Well, who'd you say you were with, and what's going on?" <laughs> and she started telling me the story again, you know. And uh, I said, "Yeah, I've been following it on the news with with my uncle. We've been kind of chuckling about it." Yeah. She said, "Well, can you come up here and give us a hand? You know, we kind of need we kind of need some help." I said, "Sure." You know, she said, "Okay. Well, you know." Write me an email up of what it would cost to get you up here, and let's work it out. So okay, and that so was... you know, I made a couple of phone calls and you know, uh, sent her a price. And next thing I knew, I was up there. Well, she asked me beforehand too. She goes, "So what's the what? What are they doing wrong?" And I said, uh, "Yes, ma'am." She goes, "Well, what do what do you mean?" I said, "Well, you asked me what they were doing wrong. Yes, is the answer. E- kind of everything." Ah, <laughs> I see. But you know, it's it's it is what it is. Do we have an explanation? Actual... Uh, Go ahead. Good. It was an amazing experience for sure. Well,
1: what do we have any explanation as to why he ended up there?
2: Somebody turned him out there.
1: Okay. So they had. So it was yeah, like
2: a... get, uh, it'll happen again. I'm t- uh, it's going to be a. It's. I think it's going to be a more and more common thing across the entire United States. So they have a pet alligator and then they just let it go. Yes, sir. Yeah, I understand. It's a pretty common thing. Illegal alligators in Chicago are pretty common. Apparently, is that right? Yeah, they've heard they've got several of them on drug raids. Uh, oh, Chicago PD really? Yeah.
1: Wow. See, I didn't have happens, I, had no, I, no, I had no idea. What about the old wives' tale or the, you know, they made a movie called Alligator, which was about a kid who flushed a baby alligator down the toilet and then it became huge and was killing everybody in the streets and it coming out of the sewer
2: that's that's, a, that's... Talking about a classic that was a classic yeah no I, I love that movie <laughs> I think
1: that movie's great but I mean it's just completely... uh,
2: it classic what, what, sure.
1: how do you deal with when people are like hey if you flush a baby alligator down the toilet is it going to go into the sewer and grow uh, has that ever happened any any of that kind of stuff
2: well we I do get them underneath people's neighborhoods down here in Florida uh in the you know in the culverts of the sewer the sewer pipes it does happen quite a bit it's not from people flushing them down their toilet of course but um, they crawl up in those areas especially in the wintertime it's it's warm down there, so they'll crawl under a road and they'll just or uh, under a neighborhood and just stay there all winter. Oh, is that right? Yes, sir. Yep. Is there any danger? Yeah, he could have made it if chance could have made it underground up there. Which he there were pipes that were open. He could have possibly made it up there oh.
1: All right. But then he but he ended up it's in the possible. Uh, yeah. Now, it, it, how much in danger was Chance or the population while he was while he was in that uh in that body of water in Humboldt Park?
2: Uh population pretty much zero unless somebody found him and stuck their hand in his mouth. Uh-huh. There was zero zero danger to be had. Uh him being in danger from being stressed out is a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. he could have he could have stressed himself out and uh, and died just from that in general.
1: Yeah, I mean, all that, all that attention and, and, you know, cameras flashing and people just standing around and looking at him, I guess it would have, I, I can see that being a very stressful situation for the for the
2: guy. Not to mention he walked out of there at one point, too, so he could have got ran over by a car or who knows what else. Wow. Now, how often do you, are there situations like the
1: one in Humboldt Park, uh, Frank? Uh, how often does that happen?
2: Uh, Down here in Florida, or do you mean around the around the country? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I, in Florida, I would imagine it's more it's more common than any place and than <laughs> yeah. other places. Several times a day down here. Several times a um, day.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a common thing. Every park has alligators down here. It's just it's part of it. Yeah, it's part of it. Um, around the country, I know. When I first started helping my uncle do it, there was a one of the guys we know that went to, I dare to say, went to San Fran to get one out of the river out there. And did not come back successfully, and we knew a guy that went to New York one time many many moons ago, and did not come back successfully with it as well. Mm. Um, it's it it happens. Yeah, it does happen. Uh, everybody's got their different ways of handling it. Unfortunately, a lot of the times it's handled with the, being the end of the story for that animal. That people take the easy way out and just put a bullet in them, oh. which is not the answer. You know, right. it's not the answer. Right. 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 Hey on your personal property, how many animals do you have, Frank? uh three dogs oh that's <laughs> <laughs> yep i don't I don't keep anything else. i just got three shelties yeah. three shelties that keep me very very warm at night.
1: yeah, that's pretty cool. this I got three dogs
2: I very happy dogs.
1: I thought maybe you would have just like a ton of different crazy exotic you know uh animals on your property but it's just three shelties that's that's really good yeah
2: my uncle keeps everything that we use for educational programs he oh keeps i see a, you know a few alligators and a bunch of other different stuff up there and okay when i need that stuff i go see him
1: okay uh let's see we got another caller here 312-981-7200 if you want to call in here's mark on wgn god mark
6: uh sirs i think you deserve well you deserve a uh the no, no, yeah, noble peace prize for um uh, keeping the violence off the uh, pages in Chicago. Uh, the crocodile on you, uh, you did a great job. And um, I'm just wondering if you ever served any, um, any of um, big governments to uh, catch crocodiles or other things. Um, you know, any experiences there,
4: sir?
2: Okay. Uh, we do do some stuff. I do some stuff with the Human Crocodile Conflict Group through uh, the Crocodile Specialist Group. So we do write some different... Uh, plans for different governments when they're having having issues that's part of what we do uh, around the world uh, the crocodile specialist group is a group of individuals biologists uh, researchers and uh, people that are in the different trades that work with these animals all over the world uh, we're a, kind of a small group but it's what we're well known for what we do so yeah we work a little bit of everything everywhere yeah all right and how big a group is it again uh right now, I think they're at twelve hundred members, but mm-hmm. there's only you know there's only maybe maybe hundred and fifty of us that actually work with these animals daily ah, okay, all right um
1: let's see uh we're gonna uh we're gonna uh, we're gonna break here, Frank, so hold on, okay yes sir all right uh Frank alligator Rob is with us uh he was part of the chance the snapper saga from last summer. He's written a couple of books. The latest is Our American Alligator. We'll tell you all about that book, and we'll tell you how you can get it. And if you want to join us uh, to reminisce about Chance the Snapper or to ask any kind of uh, you know uh, alligator questions, well, uh, a guy with the nickname Alligator is with us, so he'll be able to answer them. 312-981-7200, 312-981-7200. Nick DiGiulio's show continues right here on 720 WGN. Nick DiGilio here, uh, live in the Skyline studio, hanging out with you, keeping you company, keeping you informed, and keeping you entertained through the wee hours here till 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place to the TV side of WGN, get some early morning news from that great crew, and then the one, the only, the legendary Bob Surratt is your morning drive at 5. 312-981-7200. That's our phone number. If you would like to join us, we would love to hear from you. Coming up after midnight, Ian Schur is going to join us uh, from CNET.com for his monthly um, uh, tech talk. Um, and Because we always talk about technology with, uh, with Ian. Uh, it's always fun. My guest right now, Oh, by the way, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Um, Frank Alligator Rob is my guest, author of a couple of books He's the guy who came to Humboldt Park from Florida uh, to, to rescue Chance the Snapper, who's living fine and doing well in Florida. Correct, Frank? Yes, sir. Yeah, living it up like a rock star. <laughs> I'll tell you, he was a rock star here in Chicago. Are you, so you were actually following the story in Florida?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was not as big in- down here as it was up there, of course. Uh, but it was it was in the news down here. Yeah, I mean, it was you know it was
1: it was the biggest. St- I mean, people were people were just obsessed with it. Um, I actually yeah, I had
2: no idea what I was getting myself into.
1: <laughs> my parent, my parents, uh, because my parents got me a chance the snapper T shirt. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome that I wear that I wear proudly.
2: <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah. All right, let's talk about your latest book, Our American Alligator. Tell me about it.
2: Yes, sir. So, you know, it like a, a lot of these questions we've been getting tonight, um, I took information, scientific information that I've been gathering uh, all these years of working with these animals and all the time my uncle's been working with these animals, and I put it all into a book. So this one doesn't have anything to do with Chance the Snapper at oh. all other than the fact that Chance the Snapper is an alligator. Okay. Um, I It's a book that covers general information, anatomy, physiology, safety, myths, and everything you could possibly think of that you ever wanted to know about an American alligator, um, I included word finds and you know fun facts on each page, study questions, uh, everything there that you could ever want to know uh, It's all laid out like I'm teaching it to you. Oh, that's it's meant for the classroom, but it's it's good for any age. It really it really is.
1: Yeah, and I and I and the book includes end of chapter questions
2: and a glossary of study yes, to- and, and a glossary of study tools as well. Yes, sir. No doubt about it. Yep, yeah, and I got uh, references built into it and everything else. So if you ever want to, you want to look through it and you see something and go, "Well, how does that work?" Uh, I understand it from the way you're describing it, but is that actually true? The references are there to back it all up too. So it's uh, it's uh, it's a pretty pretty scientific book in the long run. Yeah, it's not a textbook by any means, but uh, I guarantee you will learn things from that you will never ever see anywhere else. Yeah. And uh, what
1: what how what ages are we talking about? It uh, you know when, when can like how how young a kid can read this?
2: Um, any any age. I'd say from second up. It's really pointed at fifth to ninth. It yeah. fits uh, pretty much all the federal science standards for fifth to ninth grade.
1: Oh, okay. Um, and
2: the book is sold
1: on the Environmental Education Awareness Research Support and Services website.
2: Um, yes, sir. Yeah, e e a r s s E E A R
1: S S dot org, and that's where you can get the book. And a uh, dollar of every book sale will go to that.
2: Correct? Yes, sir. Yep, it'll stay there with yours. Um,
1: and uh, the book is available now. It's out. Yes, sir. Yeah, it is up and selling. Okay, how long has it been out? Uh, started selling yesterday. Oh, so it just started.
2: Yes, sir. Okay, yep. it's so, uh, fr- fresh and new.
1: Okay, so it's going to be retailing at nineteen ninety nine, but it's on sale for the first week at sixteen ninety nine. So if people want to get it with a three dollar discount, they can go to eearss.org, order their book, and get it uh, a, a little bit cheaper.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, I have an ebook on there too. If they want to get an ebook and look at it, it's uh, on sale for the first thirty days for five
1: ninety nine. Oh wow! Okay. That's great. Uh, people should check it out. It's uh, the, Now, the, your first book was about Chance,
2: right? Yes, sir. It was a book. It was a storybook coloring book from Chance's perspective. Oh. Yep. <laughs> this one's a true educational book, everything about alligators you ever wanted to know. It's, it. it's all in there. All right. Great. I'll, I'll buzz you a PDF to check out.
1: Oh, okay. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. We got another caller. Is Rich on WGN. Hi, Rich.
2: Yeah, hello. Uh I'd like
6: to ask about uh, the uh, manatee situation in Florida. Uh, When I was there around Palm Bay and Melbourne, uh, the manatees in the Indian River were getting all caught up because of of the propellers. And uh, there was, uh, um, you know, there's a guard that goes over the propeller that wouldn't harm the uh, manatees so much. Have they passed the law? uh that it's mandatory to have those on uh the propeller
2: they have them on a lot of the bigger boats uh like the barges and things that go down the river yeah, that's you're talking about 10 minutes from my house uh but no they there's nothing like that required for boats and the boating and the manatee thing we have manatee zones that just to make people slow down and uh keep from having those interactions with the manatees but It'll uh, unfortunately be happening as long as there are boats in the river.
1: Mm.
2: All right, Rich. Right. Thank you very much. Okay, there you go. Uh,
1: So the uh, manatee zones.
2: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, we have zones set aside that are idle zones or, you know, slow speed zones for certain times of the year so you don't go through there and clip the manatees, but people still do. Oh, Oh, that's too bad. Well, uh, again, it's sad, but it happens. Uh, again, you can get the book at
1: eearss. dot Eearss. dot org. The book is called Our American Alligator. Uh, I got to ask you, uh, Frank, what was it like to throw yeah. the fir- throw out the first pitch at Wrigley,
2: buddy? That was uh, <laughs> one of the coolest experiences of my life. That was it's so very, very calming. Yeah, and uh, you know. Luckily, I can throw a baseball, so I didn't have to worry about that. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little intimidating. I've been down on the field at Wrigley before. I didn't throw out the first pitch. I sang the seventh inning stretch. Um, there you go. But I was I was down on the field at Wrigley. It's really special. It's really special to be there. Uh, you know, and especially because I've been a lifelong Cub fan, Frank, and I grew up like eight blocks away from Wrigley Field.
2: So, that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, they didn't tell me all the sixty nine Cubs were going to be there. Yeah, yeah that it's, was a that, bit of, it was was cool. extra pressure on the sideline. Yeah, exactly.
1: Moly. No, it was a really special television. You know, I watched it on television. It was really a special day. It really was. And you were a local hero, man. People loved you when you came to town.
2: Uh, I made a lot of a lot met, met a lot of special people up there. Made a made a lot of very good friends. Yeah, uh, that city. You know, Chicago gets a very bad rap. Uh, it it doesn't deserve it. It's one of the, one of the kindest of cities I ever met. You know, I yeah. It's it uh, so so many good things happen up there. I I can't wait to be back up there again. Yeah,
1: I you know I I I agree with you hundred percent. Being a lifelong Chicagoan, Frank, I've always lived in the city, never even in the suburbs. It's I've always lived in the city proper, and um and I love it. I can't think of a better city. I've been and I you know I traveled around a lot, but this is the best city in the country as far as I'm concerned. And I, I just I, I love it.
2: I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Hey,
1: um, I mentioned another. Are there any other alligator uh, movies that you've that you've watched? In the
2: did you see the movie Crawl? I wrote the safety tips for the movie Crawl. Oh, you did? I don't know if you ever saw those in the DVD, but yeah, I, Come I wrote on. For That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Paramount awesome. got hold of me and uh, <laughs> actually got hold of Betsy Shepard, and then uh, Betsy said, "Hey, write these safety tips for him." I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll oh, write them."
1: Oh, that's up. great! I got it home on DVD.
2: Yeah, check it out. There oh, on there,
1: I will. I definitely will, man. I that's pretty cool. Now, how
2: crazy a movie yeah. is that though? I pretty mean, neat. oh yeah, just it. This has opened up so many doors to me, you know. Uh, and it's uh, another reason behind writing this book. You know, it's something I've wanted to do forever. Yeah, it's a very misunderstood species that doesn't get a lot of good stories about it. Right, and man, who often do you see a great story about an alligator? It's always hey, this alligator, you know, took my dog or it bit somebody or it. Uh, killed somebody whatever it might be yeah that's so rare those things happen yeah uh and it's even rare to have a good story like chance was so it's it's been a a platform for me to really preach about what what special animals these are yeah and and educate to mention what a blessing this whole thing's been to me it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. well that's great man
1: uh the latest book is called our American alligator uh, for the next uh for a week you can get it for sixteen ninety nine and then it'll be retailing at nineteen ninety nine. It's available right now, and you can go to eears dot org and get your copy of Our American Alligator. Uh, Frank, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us, and, and best of luck uh, with with everything.
2: I appreciate you, sir. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, take care,
1: Frank Alligator. Rob made headlines here in Chicago when he came and saved Chance the Snapper in Humboldt Park. We were all mesmerized by that story last summer. Uh, you know, I know at least I was. I was rooting for Chance. He was uh, actually, at one point, he was my picture on my Facebook page. I put Chance peeking up out of the water as my, did you, do you remember that? I had Chance peeking up out of the water as my Facebook picture. <laughs> I got a lot of likes on that, I got to say. We'll have to ask him how he feels about Lake Placid next time. Oh, yeah, Lake Placid. <laughs> Geez, I forgot there had been so many alligator movies. That was great. That was really great. The book is called Our American Alligator. And his other one is about chance. It's a coloring book, and, uh, and, uh, and it's very cool. Uh, all right, our good friend Ian Schur is going to join us. Uh, he is with CNET.com. They cover the world of tech, all tech news, all tech stories. And we talk with, uh, with Ian um, every month. Uh, and, uh, and Ian Schur is going to join us um, after we hit the news, which is happening right now. Nick deJlio here on 720wGn live in the Skyline studio here until four o'clock um, uh, every month we talk with Ian Schur, editor- at-large at cnet.com and uh, we talk tech all the latest tech news and tech stories we cover with uh, with Ian and uh, he is he's joining us now hello Ian hi how are you doing all right how are you sir?
7: I am doing well. You know, I'm I'm getting used to this whole East Coast weather thing. Having moved from San Francisco, it's a little weird. You know, yeah. seasons and all of that. I'm I'm not cool with it, but I'm I'm getting used to it.
1: <laughs> well, San Francisco, uh, you know, has, has 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 beautiful weather, but it's it's a little bit different on the East. Are you in New York now?
7: No, I'm actually in Washington D.C. Oh, you're so in D.C. Yeah, I have to contend with the hot air coming from Capitol Hill. All the
1: oh, there you go. Hello.
7: <laughs> uh,
1: all right. Uh, tell me about, uh, remind me about CNET.
7: So CNET is the world's largest tech news site. We uh, actually basically review anything you can imagine, laptops, phones, anything that has a power cord, we're probably going to have an opinion about it. Right. And one of the great things that we really try to do these days is, and the thing that brought me over from the Wall Street Journal and my, my career at Reuters and everything, was that I love that CNET really focuses on how tech impacts our lives, right? It's not just hey, this is a cool new device, but is it going to matter to you? Is it going to change the way you work? And by the way, that latest face of Facebook screw-up, what does it mean for you? Are we just yelling at Mark Zuckerberg for fun, or is it actually something important? Yeah. All those types of things we try to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's a great It is a. It is a, it's a great resource and a great website, and you guys do a really good job.
7: Well, um, thank you. We try. <laughs> and if anybody
1: wants to learn about tech or be informed about what's going on in the tech world, uh, you got to check out CNET.com. All right, we have you on once a month, Ian. It's always, always fun, always a pleasure. Um, and uh, let's get to uh, some of the some of the news uh, things that you you guys have been covering over at CNET. Um, yeah. Elon Musk, boy, this guy this guy's name pops up a lot when we talk, uh, Ian.
7: Yes, and he is one of the richest people in the world now. Yeah. So, you're going to be hearing a lot more about him over the next few years, I think.
1: Yeah, it's funny when we you know, he 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 pops up when we talk about uh cars too. We have a we have a regular uh automotive spot on the show once a month and Elon Musk, you know, the cars pop up and all this other everything. So, let's yeah. talk about this Neuralink device. Um it's focused on the computer, but what about the brain? That's the latest uh piece that you've written about. You guys have written about
7: Yeah, it's an interesting thing. So if you haven't heard of the Neuralink, I don't blame you. It's hard to keep track of all the different stuff Elon Musk does. I I try to figure out how he finds time to eat or sleep or watch a movie or anything, really. Uh, But one of the things that he's doing is that he's working on a company – that's actually building technology to, to wire your brain. And I know it sounds a little sci-fi, but the basic idea is that they're able to take a computer chip and read the impulses in your brain. And this is real science. This isn't just Star Trek stuff. Yeah, And what they'll be able to do is... Uh, have a computer respond to it. So imagine the the undefined future, right? We're we're not there yet. We're not even close. But imagine a future where they have one of these things implanted into your brain, and let's say you're a, a quadriplegic, right? And some part of your body, you know, that the, the uh, there was a sever in the nerves, and suddenly you're not able to use anything below your neck. Well, it, this computer, in theory, could be attached where that severed nerve is, and actually send the impulses from your brain back to your body and you would get full motion of your body again again in theory this is not proven that we're not even close right but that's the idea behind what they're trying to do wow
1: so right yeah wow that's that's pretty amazing
7: <laughs> yeah and, and you know that look there's a lot a lot of questions that come with this. First off, how do we make sure this is safe, right? I mean, you're you're talking about implanting a computer chip, which is decidedly not organic, <laughs> into a brain, which is one of the most sensitive parts of our body. And one of the things, by the way, that despite all of our efforts, we know the least about, Right, And so I think one of the really fascinating things we deal with here is that as we're, we're moving into this world of what they call a computer-to-brain interface, and it's not just Tesla's, uh Elon Musk playing with this, by the way, Google's playing with this, we've got Facebook has talked about it, I'm sure there's a bunch of other people to, to playing with it, not to mention the military, everyone's interested in this stuff, right? So the thing is that as we move into this stuff, how do we make sure it 's safe and reliable and and all this very important stuff and we don 't know yet, but one of the things Elon Musk tried to do to make us feel a little better about it is that he showed us it in three different pigs, so what he did was in one pig he showed us uh, just a completely normal pig right had never and how their brain activity worked, and that it were a normal normal pig they had another pig that they had inserted the 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 chip into and then removed the chip and showed the pig was perfectly fine. Right? It was eating, it was walking around, it was big a pig. And then the third one, they actually showed the chip implanted into the pig's brain and the signals that were being read as the pig moved around and sniffed something, suddenly a signal went up. If it ate something, signal went up again. And Elon Musk kind of talked about it as kind of a Fitbit for your brain right now, right? They're not entirely sure what they'll do with it. But it it says something that they were even able to detect and start to uh, start to actually figure out when the pig was about to walk. And there's a video we have on CNET. This is amazing where the computer actually predicts where the pig's uh, feet will go before the feet actually move because it's capturing the brainwave activity beforehand. So there's a lot of really fascinating stuff going on here, but again, totally sci-fi, not there yet.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's always working ahead of time. I mean, he's, you know, whether he's building rockets or doing stuff with cars or, you know, w- whatever. I mean, this guy's all over the place. He's, he's definitely, you know, using it, it you know, it, to say this guy's one of the richest guys in the world, but he's using his money at least in interesting ways, you know, trying to do something different.
7: Yeah, I think uh, one of my favorite, there was a, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but on, on YouTube there's this really great channel called Epic Rap Battles of History. If yeah. you haven't looked it up, yeah. it is just spectacularly funny. You have to be of a certain type to enjoy it, right? If you if you like to airplane the movie, this is your type of thing. Yeah. And one of them that they had was Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk. And I, there was this line that was in it that I just always think about, which is Elon Musk saying, I'm a Tony Stark with a James Bond sprinkle tossed in. And that's kind of what it feels
1: like. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I agree with that. That's, that's pretty accurate, I think. Um, in, the, uh, in the piece that's uh, at CNET uh, right now, um, uh, you guys spoke with Angus Mc, uh, McMorland, who is a bioengineer in New Zealand, about um, how complex the brain is, um, and he was quoted as saying, in the brain we have some eighty billion neurons and many times that number of connections between them. it's it, it's it's such a complex thing. Um, and he's got some reservations about it. Uh, what are some what are some other people thinking about this?
7: yeah I think that the the biggest concern is kind of getting back to this idea that we don't actually understand the brain at all like one I, I find it really fascinating and i I suffer from migraines I have since I was a teenager, mm. and they're pretty serious. I have to take daily medication and one of the fascinating things about it is that the medication I take is not a medication for migraines it's actually for something else. but they've found that it helps with migraines, and when I ask the doctors why they say Eh, we don't really know, but it works. (laughs) And it's just kind of, it's like voodoo science, right? No one really knows. And I think that's what what really worries a lot of these scientists is that we barely understand our brains to the point that we do. We don't even actually understand the biology of our consciousness, let alone anything else. So inserting a computer into our brains is, is a really scary thought, right? And, you know, w- until we really have a better handle on it, there's a large question about, should we do this? Right. And, you know, it, because there's always the sci-fi's point of being, right, the reason I love reading and watching sci-fi is it always gets to that question, just because we can, should we actually do it? And it, it, and that debate, I think, is playing out in real time. But I will say, I appreciate that Elon Musk is so forthright and often chasing so much press, because in this case, he's able to spark this conversation arguably decades before the technology is actually real. And so we're going to be able to have a discussion for quite a while about whether we're comfortable with this yeah. and whether this is what the road we want to go down or whether we should try something else. And and eventually we'll come to a decision. But I like that, that we're doing that now.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just think, I, I think Elon Musk is a fascinating guy. I, I, I really do. And like I said uh, before, you know, the guy's got, you know, a ton of money, but he's, at least spending it and then using it to explore different things and maybe, like you said, at least getting a conversation started about something that we should be talking about. Um, yeah I so, mean, look
7: he got he got Americans into space again. That's more than we can say for our government. I mean, yeah. it's it's rather amazing what he's been able to do. and yeah. I'll tell you my my younger son, we watched the uh, the the dragon launch right together. And then we watched the the, uh, Falcon Heavy, which was the bigger, uh, you know, the big, I think it's the biggest active rocket we have right now. I forget. But one of the really fascinating things, if you watch that video, which of course we have a video of on CNET, is that you can actually see the boosters land on their own afterward. And it is, for for those of us who grew up watching the uh, shuttles and everything, you all knew, right, that once the rockets are used they go into the ocean and that's it we never get to use right. them again. they sit in the museum right place. and the idea that that we've been able to get this far it feels magical right yeah. and i think that's what he has been so good at capturing is this this moment in technology where, yeah, it is feasible, right? I'm sure we could have landed rockets on their own a long time ago, but, you know, for whatever reasons, NASA just never did it. Right. But the fact that he did just really captures our imagination. It's like, wow, we do live in the future, and that is so cool.
1: Yeah. All right, Ian, hang on. Uh, yeah? Ian Schur is with us, uh, editor-at-large at CNET.com. We talk all kinds of uh, tech stories, and uh, we got more tech talk coming up right here on 720 WGN. All right, Nick degilio here on 720 WGN. Um, Ian Sure joins us uh, once a month. He is editor-at-large at CNET.com. And we always have a lot of uh, a lot of interesting and fun times talking tech with Ian. Uh, hello, Ian. Hi. Uh, okay, so we've all uh, been learning about the these things called deep fakes uh, that have... Kind of, you know, taken over the social media uh, and and uh, the in, the internet, and now Microsoft's got new tech spot that can the new tech that can spot deep fakes.
7: Yeah, this is one of the discussions I think I've been really fascinated by over the last few years is this deep fake technology, right? Which if you haven't seen it, I really urge you to go to CNET and watch one of the videos we've put up about it. What it does is it allows someone to take a video or audio and manipulate it using a computer program in a way that it actually looks like the person who's in the video or the audio actually said and did, did stuff that they didn't do and it's, right. it's amazing. So one of my favorite examples so far comes from Massachusetts Institute of Technology. They spent more than 6 months building a computer program that would allow them to create a deep fake of Richard Nixon. And the reason was because Richard Nixon it, it was just found like a couple of decades ago that in his li- in his library sat this speech he wrote that was written up uh, 2 days before the moon landing, right? In 1969. And this speech was if they failed, right? And it is actually like, oh, really? I mean, you have to think about how tough a personality Nixon is in our history now. And to say this is rather remarkable, and I really mean it. It's a really touching speech. And the, what MIT did is they brought it to life. They actually took Richard Nixon's uh, face and voice and used a computer program to have him give the speech. And it is. I mean, it, it makes your skin tingle. Like, it's incredible to see it happen because it never actually happened in real life. But there he is doing it. And and this is what deepfakes can be. So, of course, there's a lot of concern about the future of how they could disrupt our elections, how they could cause all sorts of misinformation and disinformation. And one of the conversations going on is that the uh, research into this is way ahead of the research to figure out whether or not a deepfake is real or fake. Yeah. And so Microsoft has said, OK, we're going to build a program. Program because you know they—they've created programs in the past. They. They actually built a really great program called PhotoDNA that's used by police to identify child porn on the internet. And it's, it's a rem- I mean, it's one of the most amazing tools that's out there. Most people don't know about it. But this technology will identify a deep fake, And I think the really smart thing is that they're also building technology that will allow people like the BBC or movie companies like Paramount or my employer CBS to be able to upload their videos and then get a special fingerprint that then they can put... Out on the web, and whenever you watch a video from them, you know that that is their video. It hasn't been manipulated. It hasn't been played with. That fingerprint is theirs, and that would be a way to counteract this whole concern. So it's it's really interesting to see how these things are changing over time.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you got the. the, the I think this, some of these deep fake things are kind of uh, are really sort of terrifying. Um, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and I've I've seen some of them, and some of them are. You know, this technology is pretty amazing. Um, you know, from the simplest deep fakes of, you know, like somebody, you know, putting, you know, Jim Carrey in The Shining, you know, uh put, like like putting Jim Carrey's face on on Nicholson's face, uh and it looks amazing. It looks like Jim Carrey was the star of The Shining. And um you know, but but like like we said, this 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 uh disinformation could could happen during the election. That's not cool. I mean, that's really scary.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you think about uh the election, You know, imagine all these gaffes that have changed the way that elections run. I mean, arguably, you look at, you know, during 2012, when Obama talked about uh, you didn't build that, right? When That was one of the big quotes that came from him, yeah. uh, talking about how the government helps people and it and makes small businesses be able to thrive. And stuff like, you know, roads make that all possible. Well, that became a huge talking point during the Republican convention. And then Mitt Romney had his famous 47% quote, right? Where he, he said that 47% of the country by default isn't going to vote for him. So he's not even thinking about trying to turn them in his election. And it's those types of things that really turn. The election and imagine if those were fake (laughs) or something worse happened. Right. I mean, everyone uh, talks about the the Steele dossier and the and the famous tape that supposedly the Russians have that, you know, a lot of people always talk about. Was that real? Imagine if someone created a fake version of it that seemed so real that we had to stop and wonder. And those are the things that really scare the people who are looking at how this technology is is getting so good at what it does. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and also uh, but now I do want to mention this cuz in the uh, in the piece um, that's at cnet.com, you guys also uh, let people know that there is a, a, a website called spotdeepfakes.org, spotdeepfakes.org. And um, what what's what, what what happens when you visit that?
7: Yeah, so the idea actually, Microsoft created this website to encourage you to actually learn about how deepfakes work, because I think one of the biggest things that they're, they think to counteract this stuff is to know that it exists in the first place. So what they do is they actually have you kind of uh, challenged to figure out, okay, is this a deepfake or is this real? And you get to learn how effective this stuff can be. Um, So I think it's really smart. You know, one of the things I wanted to bring up also is that a lot of times when I talk about deepfigs, people ask me, why you? do these things even exist other than to create trouble? And the reasons are that a lot of video game companies and entertainment companies and movie companies are increasingly turning to this because it's cheaper than doing CGI, right? It actually can be incredibly effective. So for them, this is a massive, massive thing that could change the way that they make movies. I mean, you remember Princess Leia in the Solo movie, they had to recreate her. Well, now they could have just used a deep fake. It could have taken them so much less time and money. And it would have looked better. Yeah. So it's that type of thing that's really important to think about when you think, well, why does this even exist?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, the piece is uh, uh, very interesting, and uh, Microsoft's new tech can spot deep fakes to fight disinformation ahead of the uh, 2020 U.S. election, and it's a uh, it's up there right now on CNET.com. All right. Uh, so Samsung is releasing the Galaxy Galaxy Z Fold two. Uh,
7: Try saying that five times.
1: Yeah, and it's it's two grand,
7: <laughs> right? <laughs> wow! I, I just yeah. Look, some people have some impressive nerve, I have to say. So um, you know, on top of cre- creating this device that is is impossible to remember how it's named, uh, it, this is a really fascinating thing. So we've been talking about foldable phones for a long time. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, and. And, you know, and it's a really fascinating world, right? Like this idea of taking a tablet, folding it in half, now I've got a phone. Cool. Well, the thing is, the technology right now is still in its infancy, and uh, Samsung announced the second generation of it, called the Z Fold 2, Um they also have one called the Z Flip 2. The difference between them is that the Fold is a tablet, and the Flip is kind of like one of those old flip phones, which is kind of cool. Uh-huh. they cut, And we're talking about $2,000 for it. And, you know, look, I am all for high technology and the future. I love it. That's why I work in the job I do. But it's so hard to imagine people buying this in the middle of an economic catastrophe that we're going through. Yeah. And, and, and so I wonder what Samsung is thinking other than tech for tech's sake. And, and that's what kind of is interesting to see play out over this whole device. Yeah. Well, wh-
1: wh- when is it going to be? When do they say it's going to be available?
7: Yeah. So it comes out September eighteenth. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see how people respond. You may remember with the first Galaxy Fold, if you were paying attention last year, they uh, reviewers that they sent it out to. You know, typically the tech companies send out the device to reviewers a week or two ahead of time, give them some time to play with it, then they write their reviews. Right. Well, during and then the device comes out at the end of those reviews. Right. They usually the device comes out that week. Well. Samsung, it turned out that there were a number of reviewers that found flaws, fatal flaws, in the Galaxy Fold. In fact, the screen was falling apart when yeah. they were using it. Yeah. And it was, it was terrible. So they had to recall all the devices. They pulled them off the shelves while they were, before they even got on the shelves. And they had to re-engineer. It took them months. And then they came out with the device and everyone's like, well, at least it didn't break. So I'm curious to see what the second generation of it's going to do and whether or not it's going to be able to live through the paces that we had seen that and a bunch of other people are going to put it through.
1: Yeah. At a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a price tag of two grand, how are pre-sales going?
7: We don't know. And uh, I would imagine that Samsung is probably not going to tell us because I have to imagine that they're not that high. And you know, I think that Samsung is aware that this is a premium device and that they are trying to kind of, you know, it's one of those, uh, it's almost the tech equivalent of one of those um, promotional cars, right? That, that the companies come out with, right? These, these idea of the car of the future. Well, this is the phone of the future. But, you know, it, it, the thing that I think will be interesting really is whether or not they're able to see enough justification for its existence to have a galaxy fold three and then a galaxy fold four and typically when we get to that point people start to pay attention
1: okay now in uh, there there are trade-offs that were made when the original uh fold came out um and it came with uh, free galaxy buds which actually retailed for 130 dollars and a two-part protective case uh are, are there going to be any kind of trade-offs like that when uh, this new one comes out
7: you know, one of the things that they're doing is that they're getting, I think, a little more um, bold. <laughs> so you're going to have to provide your own earbuds this time around. Ah. And so there you go for that. And, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they are going to encourage people to wear a, to have a case. You know, the screen was so uh, sensitive last time around. I mean, literally... Because the screen was made of plastic, you could actually scratch it so easy with your fingernail yeah. this time around, they say it's made with some combination glass thing we haven't tested, so we don't know, but um it's it's some combination of glass and plastic right, and supposedly that'll be better, and it's so great, good for them, but if not, you know people may be encouraged to buy a case, although honestly if you're Carrying this thing around, you know that you have a premium device. Maybe you've got the extra $2,000 if it breaks to buy another one. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. All
1: right. All right. Ian, hang on, okay? hmm Ian Sure is with us, editor-at-large, CNET.com, and we're talking Tech Talk, uh, Samsung's Galaxy Z Fold 2. Two grand, and it comes out in, uh, in uh, the middle of the month. So, all right. Uh, more Tech Talk coming up right here on 720 WGN. <laughs> Julio on 720 WGN. We are live in the Skyline studio, 18 stories above, beautiful downtown Chicago. 312-981-7200 is the phone number right here on uh, WGN. And uh, we're talking with uh, Ian Schur. He joins us once a month to talk tech. Uh, He's an editor-at-large at at, uh, CNET.com. And
7: uh, let's get back to the conversation. Hello, Ian. I have to say, every month I say this, I love the music that Tom, your producer, comes up with. It's yeah. just so fun. Yeah. It, of all the radio programs I do, and I do a fair number of them these days, I love the playlist he comes up with. I uh, have to say that.
1: There you go. There you go. Tom is is uh, bowing right now. So. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, these educational apps. Um. Now, so this is this is a, a little disturbing as well. Educational apps are sending your location data and personal info to advertisers.
7: Yeah, uh. Uh, this is just a huge problem. So, you know, there are a bunch of educational apps on the App Store. And, oh, by the way, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and a lot of kids are, are going to school remotely and relying on these apps. And it turns out that a lot of these apps are... Uh, behaving not that great, right? They are uh, sending to advertiser stuff, including your name, your email address, your location data, your device ID. And of course, this means that they're able to better actually target ads at you, which is a huge problem, yeah. Not not just because... Uh, We're uncomfortable with it, right? Let's just all acknowledge that unless you work for Facebook and Google and you're clearly okay with it. But, you know, it, 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 it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. But then on top of that, the federal government actually says it's illegal to collect this kind of information for any kid under the age of 13 without a parent's consent. So this is a huge just can of worms of problems, and I, I'm really curious to see what's going to come of it because this is just I can't I can't even fathom that this is happening. Yeah. Uh, it, well, what what's what are they doing to try and stop this? Well, right now we're finding out about it. So you know, these security researchers from the International Digital Accountability Council they went through 496 education apps across 22 countries, and they found that. A bunch of them were involved in this, right? So now what they're going to try and do is really promote this problem, right? Actually bring awareness to it. That's number one thing. And then what usually happens in these cases after we find out is that people tend to sue the companies or attorneys general pay attention, right? And they decide to sue the companies themselves. And that's the only thing that forces change because we've learned the advertising industry just does not care. They will will do the lowest of the low and they just don't seem to mind it at all. And so the only thing that changes any of this is when the government steps in or when the courts step in.
1: Yeah. Um and you also in, in included in this uh in this piece at cnet.com is the best back to school tech for under 100 bucks.
7: Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, one of the things that I think a lot of people are uh are kind of dealing with is what to do with the fact that they're all stuck at home and all these other things, right? So we we brought together a list of stuff that, you know, it's going to help you at least a little bit, right? It's not exactly always educational, but for example, you know, one of the things I think a lot of people don't consider is getting more smart devices in your home. So For example, uh, something like an Amazon Echo, which we were just talking about advertising, but we're going to give them a second. And, you know, having these voice assistants can actually be helpful because I don't know about you, but my uh, four-year-old now likes to ask every question under the sun, including questions about the sun. And having him be able to ask our voice assistant has been a little nicer when she can understand him. He needs to work on his enunciation. (laughs) Um, So that's, that's one of them, right? There's also a thing like the Fire uh, HD tablet from Amazon. This is a really interesting device. These typically are on sale, especially during the upcoming Labor Day, so keep an eye out. And one of the things about them is that they are so cheap. Again, 100 bucks are down or lower. You're able to use them as really good devices for when you're in the car traveling. The kids can watch their, their videos. And, of course, if it's under $100, bucks, you are not going to have your heart skip a beat every time they drop it on the floor. Right. Uh, it's all kinds of stuff like that that's really great. Um, another thing to keep in mind, I know it sounds a little silly, but the Amazon Kindle um, their, their reading uh, device is actually still a really good device. You can actually connect it up with your library. We have instructions on CNET. If you have a library card, I know that sounds like last century, Well, you can actually get free ebooks from your library. My wife, she goes through uh, over 100 of them every year this way, and it's a really great way to be able to read books, do it for free using a device like this. Wow, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, but, you know, and again, you know, those are great devices. But again, the concern about these apps that are sending your location data uh, and personal info to advertisers um, is uh, is still, a, 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 you know, a big problem and a big concern.
7: Oh, it's huge. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how these companies respond. Uh, you know, one of the things I found that when I, I, I looked into whether or not Alzheimer's apps on the App Store, stuff that promise to make your brain smarter and and healthier, whether or not they did anything. Of course, there was zero research that said they did. And so what ended up happening was they didn't actually start changing their their advertising until I started asking them whether or not they had any scientific evidence to back up what they said. And suddenly, a bunch of them started changing their advertising. So Mm. it takes people actually hearing about this stuff and really shining light on it to make a change. Okay. Uh,
1: And By the way, uh, the piece is available at CNET.com. Um, all right. How about this? Walmart Plus is taking on Amazon Prime uh, with a, a $98 a year membership fee. Tell us about this. That's competition now. It is competition.
7: So Walmart, uh, it, it's probably no uh, secret that they really want to take on Amazon. And Amazon, of course, one of their, their real kind of crown jewels is the Amazon uh, Prime subscription. It's $119 a year. And you get all sorts of benefits from it, right? You've got two-day shipping, sometimes one-day shipping. You've got the video stuff. You've got uh, music through it, all sorts of It's just crazy what they do. Well, Walmart says that they are going to have now this $98 shipping service. And it's not going to have as much, right? First off, I mean, it's... $20 cheaper, but also they're going to do stuff that's a little more focused on two day deliveries. They're going to focus on making it easier for it to actually buy stuff in the store. This is one of my favorite features in a lot of places is the scan and go feature where literally you just pull out your phone, you pay it, you scan whatever you have. And then you just pay for it on your phone. You walk out the door. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, So, you know, they're doing a lot of that type of stuff. They're not going to have stuff like the video or the music, at least for now. And they say that they're really focused on giving Walmart shoppers what they want. And one of the things I think when I've been looking at this is that Walmart shoppers are different from Amazon shoppers, right? I mean, they are of a different uh, financial uh, amount, right? Normally, the people buying from Amazon tend to have a higher amount of money. One of the things about Walmart is that they appeal very much to people who are on a budget. And one of the things that you see from Walmart is that as they're putting this together, they're very clearly focused on that, right? Including offering a discount on their fuel $0.05 cents a gallon, at a bunch of the fuel locations that they're connected to. So I think you're going to see more of that when Walmart starts really making a pitch.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's, that'll be interesting to see how this how this works out for Walmart.
7: Yeah. I mean, I, I, they really think that they can go up against uh, Amazon with this. And look, I'm, we all are dealing with subscription fatigue, I think, by this point, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about not just Amazon Prime and Netflix and all this other stuff, but like, I don't know if you have a Costco card or 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 Spotify or Netflix or some of these other things. I mean, another one is a hard one to sell. So I'm I'm really curious to see how it'll be done. But we did see with Target, they have a, a subscription as well called Shipped S H I P T. It's ninety nine dollars a year, and it's just for same day delivery from their stores. And during the uh, during the whole pandemic. Uh, people couldn't get enough of it there were no uh, it, it was always sold out whenever and i looked at it in my neighborhood so it's very clear that there's some demand for this i'm just curious to see how much all
1: right and uh, and again this piece is at cnet.com tells you all about walmart plus taken on amazon prime all right and uh our last uh, story that we want to talk about uh tiktok tiktok sale could be announced on tuesday um, and, uh, well, for people who might not know what TikTok is it, because they're, uh, over t- 15, um,
7: <laughs> <laughs> and just came back from Mars. Yeah. Uh,
1: so TikTok is going to be sold possibly.
7: Yeah. So, um, first off what TikTok is, right. It's like the big social network f- uh, app for teens. It is. It is the thing right now. Yeah. And a lot of it is really popular because it's 15 or 60 second videos of people dancing to music. That's really what got it going. Um, and it's really cool. If you want to sound really hip to a young person, just mention the name Charlie D'Amelio or the song Renegade. That's all you have to do. You will be the coolest person of that minute right there. Um, but what it is is that TikTok because it's become so popular it's also gotten a lot of attention from the US government because it's a chinese app and the president of the united states has said that it is a possible national security threat and he's not alone congress has said this the pentagon has said this a bunch of companies have said this so now he's starting to act on it. And he said that if, if TikTok isn't sold to an American company by the middle of this month, September, uh, he's going to ban it from being able to do any business in the United States, effectively ban it from the country. It would be the first time we've seen a uh, government uh, from the United States, rather the U.S. government, ban an app. We have banned other things in the past. President Obama, uh, banned a wind farm in Oregon during, back in 2012 over similar national security concerns. Uh, he forced the sale on that one. But this would be the first time we'd see it on an app. And I'm really curious to see how this plays out. You know, right now Microsoft and our good friend Walmart are said to be in a bidding war for it as well as Oracle, which if you've never heard of them, I don't blame you. they're a database company, so I, I'm really curious yeah Oracle, to see how this Oracle, kind
1: of I, I just know Oracle from The Matrix that's the uh... <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> well, and to show how much of a nerd I am, I remember or- my favorite thing about Oracle was that they used to have an advertising campaign in Silicon Valley where they had all of these billboards that said unbreakable Oracle databases, and the whole idea was that they challenged people to hack it, and of course, you know oh, what happened, right yeah. It got hacked of
1: course they did. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! So so, but people people are pe- there are companies that are interested in possibly buying TikTok, correct? Right? American companies.
7: Yeah, no, and and look, you would think that Facebook or or Google or Twitter. You know, the the pretty standard ones would be interested in it. But they're all under uh, antitrust. <laughs> review oh, right now, yeah. So they can't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so now we've got all these other companies here like, really? Oracle, social networking. Do they even have teenagers who are in their in their company? Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. OK,
1: well, TikTok is, uh, is, is not not uh, waning in popularity. That's for sure. It's the hottest thing right now. Oh, it's huge! Yeah, it's it is massive. Uh, I, I think an American company would uh, would probably jump at the chance to to buy it, considering how successful and popular it is right now.
7: Yeah, they'd probably be dancing when they win.
1: <laughs> ah, there you go. So then they can TikTok that. <laughs>
7: uh,
1: so, all right, Ian, uh, Ian sure editor and uh, at large at CNET.com. Uh, go to CNET.com for all your tech needs and updates and stories and reviews. Uh, and, uh, Ian, always a pleasure to talk to you ahead and we'll talk to you next month. Have a great one. Okay. Absolutely. Take care. Okay, buddy. Uh, Ian Schur, editor at large, CNET.com. Always fun to talk tech with Ian. Uh, and they do a great job at CNET. Seriously. It, it, uh, a really terrific job. Um, uh, covering the world of tech, writing the stories, keeping it updated. It is, a, it's a terrific website. So check out uh, CNET.com. All right. Nick Degilio here on 720 WGN. Hey, Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline studio here till 4 a.m. On this Wednesday. It's a Wednesday, right? So I've been told. Okay. Is there a camel walking around the office uh, asking people what day it is? Yeah, it's it's actually pretty scary. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's bitten like three people. Yeah. But he seems like such a fun guy. I know. Those commercials lied to us, Nick. Oh, no. Geico didn't lie. Uh, Hey, coming up, uh, classic Johnny Carson. And uh, as I've said before, you can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV. And we always play back some comedy from the Johnny Carson show. Sometimes it's an interview. Sometimes it's a sketch. Sometimes it's stand-up. And in this case, it is stand-up. From 1977, Skip Stevenson. Stand-up comedian, uh, I believe best known for uh, being one of the hosts of uh, Real People back in the 70s and 80s. Um at three thirty you're gonna play a real round of uh, know your onion and you get to win some prizes and we're also gonna talk about uh Italian flat earth misadventure and conspiracies that turned out to be real uh, you gotta love a good conspiracy right so uh what uh what gives you comfort uh you know is there any kind of music that you go to? Is there a movie, a TV show, an album that uh, makes you feel better when you're uh, you're having a tough time? So the chocolate sales have gone nuts because people are eating a lot of chocolate during the COVID-19 pandemic, which I'm not surprised by at all. Have you eaten a lot of chocolate during the pandemic? Well, you're not alone. Chocolate sales have spiked in the past few months, according to a report from the National Confectioners Association. The National Confectioners Association. The good old chocolate lobby. Wow. The data shows demand for the confection has surpassed demand for overall candy from March to August. Swiss town covered in chocolate snow uh, after a glitch at the Lindt factory. Premium chocolate saw the largest growth with a sales spike of 12.5% and non-premium chocolate saw a sales increase of 5.5%. The overall candy market has increased by 3.8%. The U.S. chocolate market is expected to surpass $20 billion by 2025, according to global market research firm IndexBox. That's a lot mm, of chocolate. That's a whole lot of chocolate. People like their chocolate, man. I, I actually have a square of dark chocolate every day after my dinner. It makes me sneeze, but it's worth it. That's right. You sneeze when you eat dark chocolate, right? hmm. That's just so weird. Yeah, usually helps if I look up at a light. Well, that'll make you sneeze. It does the opposite for me because the dark chocolate makes me sneeze. So then I look up at a light, and then it makes me not need to sneeze. Well, that's weird. That's the opposite of what that 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 you do. If I you know. feel a sneeze coming on, you look up at a light. That's what I'm saying. I and eat then the dark you cho- sneeze. Oh wait, it, wait. Then why would you look at the light? Because you want the. It's there. It's you know when your sneeze is is ready to go. Yeah. And it's making you crazy. You, you got want one to in the chamber. Yeah. And it makes you nuts. You look up at a light and you'll sneeze. Interesting. Yeah. Nah, it helps me do the opposite. That's just weird. <laughs> Here's uh, Sean on WGN. Hi, Sean.
5: Hey, Nick. How you doing tonight? All right. What's up? Oh, man. My comfort place is pizza, beer, and a little bit of Iron Maiden. That You know, that'll put me in my head and go. Pizza,
1: beer, and Maiden. All right. That's what I'm talking about. That's what hey, you know got. about that two thousand dollar phone? Yeah.
8: Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised, guys. I mean, come on. The compact disc. Remember that when that came out, it was twelve hundred bucks, and it was selling like hotcakes. So yeah. people live by these phones. I, I think it's
1: possible. Yeah, I just think it. I would like, never. I would never pay two grand for a phone ever. No,
5: I agree. I agree with you one hundred percent. But yeah. don't be surprised.
1: Okay. All right, Sean. Thanks, buddy. Uh, thanks. Nick. Pizza, beer, and maiden. <laughs> And nothing, nothing more relaxing. Yeah. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. 981 You know, these are kind of uneasy, weird times. There's uh, anxiety, uh, and people need to be comforted. So what gives you comfort? Any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, thing. You know, we're talking food, we're talking movie, album, TV show, music, any of that stuff. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. 981 when you're feeling a little stressed out. What have you been doing for comfort lately? Uh, what we've learned this morning is that a lot of people are eating chocolate, <laughs> trying to find comfort in that chocolate. Um, so uh, what, about, uh, what about you? 312-981-7200. All right, here's Ike. Go ahead, Ike. Hey, Nick, how's it going, Jim, man? All right.
6: Okay, uh, uh, my recent comfort uh, if, that, that's getting me through this pandemic, of course, this is everybody's comfort now since it aired uh, on... This past Friday, it's now the number one thing on Netflix right now uh, Cobra Kai.
1: Ah, Cobra Kai. Giving you some yeah, comfort. It's going
6: there. crazy, man. It's it's, 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 it's it's going, it's like, it's spreading like wildfire worldwide. And, and the best thing about it is they're coming out with a video game next month.
1: A video game for Cobra Kai? Yes. Ah, do okay. I get to play as Daniel LaRusso? You get to play as everybody. Sweet. All right. Okay, thanks, Ike. No problem. Yep. That's what I've needed in my life, is that uh, a game where I can be Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> I want to be Pat Morita. Well, he's not in Cobra Kai. No, but I'm sure they'll put, they're going to make a I game. I mean, if it's a they'll, game of Cobra Kai that, based on the this, this series, you know, Pat Morita died years ago. I know, but they could they could make a, fa- a little Pat Morita, like an unlockable character. Or maybe it'll be Pat Morita in Collision Course with Jay Leno or Pat Morita in Happy Days, even better. Or even Sanford better. and Son. They should just you make know, a you know Pat Morita game. Do you know what his character's name was on Sanford and Son? What? Oh boy. <laughs> I'm guessing it has not aged well. Uh Achu. Oh my god. <laughs> I was correct. I think they make a I think they make a a reference to that in Mulan, I think. Ah, Chew, in Mulan? Yeah, it, back in the nineteen ninety eight one, not the new one. No, that comes out on Friday. Oh, it does. Mm-hmm. God, I really want to watch it, but I gotta have you gotta have the Disney Plus, right, to watch it. Yeah, you gotta have that, and then pay thirty dollars on top of it. <laughs> They're charging thirty bucks. Well, again, you can load up the house if you've got a whole well, family. Not. Yeah, if you if you got a family of five, you know yeah. that's an evening. Well, yeah, because it's like it's like fourteen bucks to go to a movie anyway. Sure. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, hang on. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Uh, we're living in some uh, weird times right now. There's a lot of anxiety and a lot of people need to find comfort. Where do you find your comfort? What's giving you comfort? We'll start with we got food. We got activities, movies, TV shows, music. What gives you joy? What makes you feel comfort in tense times? And as I said, way up on the list is, cho- is chocolate for for, yeah. for a lot of people. So, all right, what brings you comfort. 312-981-7200. We'll get back to it uh right here on 720 WGN. Hey, Nick DiCiglio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio here until four. Um, and uh, we're talking about what gives you comfort. We're, we're living in uh, some tense, anxiety-filled times right now, and everybody needs to feel comfort. And I uh, just read the story about this huge spike in the sale of uh, chocolate because lots of people find comfort in chocolate. Do you have a comfort food that you go to? Uh, is there uh, an activity that brings you joy or comfort, uh, a movie, a TV show, music? 312-981-7200. Uh, phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. And it's the Team Hochberg phone line. 312-981-7200. What gives you comfort? Here's uh, Cooper on WGN. Hey, Cooper.
6: Hi, Nick. Hi. Um, I don't quite understand the chocolate thing, but um, that's just me. But... Um, you know, with uh, golf courses being a really expanded place that uh, – and I'm I'm not a golfer, nor are my friends. We, But we do a midweek thing where we just go and find a course, and we pack a cooler full of, you know, everything we want, just food, drinks. They give you the cart, and as soon as we're off the first hole uh, – we just go and enjoy ourselves. I mean, we literally just party, and we don't.
5: Uh, you know,
6: we respect the game of golf, but we're not, we're not golfers. But we're really not out there to golf. We're out there to drive around, and uh, you know, we have cocktails and we eat, and uh, and we've been doing this probably the last seven eight weeks. We we do a a midweek thing, and somebody will choose, you know, somebody goes, oh, no, I got the main course. Somebody will go, oh, I got the apps. And uh, we just go, and we eat, and we drink, and, yeah, we'll hit the ball, you know, but it it, it really has nothing to do with it. It's it's getting out, uh, you know, for four hours of undisturbed.
1: Right. Time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Cooper, thanks. You got it. Going to the golf course and not play golf. Just drink and drive around on the cart. That sounds like a pretty good time. Yeah. I'm not much for golf either, no, But neither am I. Mm. Neither am I. I used to li- I live next to a golf course growing up, and the most I would do is do the driving range. Yeah, I've done the driving range. That's just fun. You're just hitting a ball real hard. Yeah. Well, there were, used to be one, as you know, There used to be one right on Lakeshore Drive. Um, People would, you know, do the driving range, and they also had the clay pigeon shooters down on Lakeshore Drive, which is um, insane to me. (laughs) The people are firing off guns, you know, and it's sanctioned by the state. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were were facing towards the lake, my guess. Yeah, Yeah, but that couldn't stop somebody from turning around. Eh, it's true. That's true. There's a, I, I've only gotten skeet shooting one time, and uh, there's a distinct layer of trust that you have to have. You ever go skeet, sh- skeet surfing? Skeet surfing? It's in Top Secret. <laughs> it's in Top Secret. <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched Top Secret. Val Kilmer plays Nick Rivers, mm-hmm. you know, big-time music star, and his biggest hit is Skeet Surfing. That's how the movie opens. That's the credit scene, <laughs> Skeet surfing. It's people surfing on a, you know, on a surfboard shooting guns. <laughs> how how much more American could it get? Yeah, that movie's funny, man. You you should you should go back and watch it again. I I maintain. Val it. Kilmer, yeah, Val Kilmer and uh, Peter Cushing's Peter in it. Peter Cushing, yeah, but Um who else is Omar Sharif? Omar Sharif. Um, a lot of people that aren't you know names. Uh, it was. The Zucker's follow up to Airplane. And I think it's the fun I think it's the funniest thing they've ever done. And it's just it's also very weird. It's just a very there's some very weird jokes and side gags in it. So that's another that's another one we can go down because I do you, do you, are there certain comedies that give you comfort? Because like when this whole thing started um, I, I busted out the the classic Thirty Nine uh, Honeymooners. That's absolutely gives me comfort is watching the watching the Honeymooners because it was something that I watched every night during my childhood. Something that I bonded with my parents over. So that was a, that's the first thing I watched when we were kind of stuck inside the first on the first round of this insanity. Um, I just I watched a bunch of episodes. I watched my favorite episodes of the Honeymooners. So that's something that gives you. Gives you uh, that's something that gives me comfort. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the uh, is the number. What gives you comfort during these stressful times? uh, In any department, do you have music that you go to, Tom, that that will give Mm. you comfort? Comforting music. That's a tough one. Um, Strangely enough, Talking Heads. Mm. That always makes that always just makes me feel good because it's like kind of bouncy. It's kind of like. Dancy stuff, you know, it's just, I don't think that the talking has really make depressing music. No, they don't. No, it's never depressing. It's always pretty fun. By the way, um, you know, David Byrne's tour, um, his, the the show that he's been touring with, that's going to be an HBO that's from HBO films. And so it's going to be like the concert movie. Um, and, uh. Tom, I was just watching, you know, HBO because uh, I was just watching um, John Oliver, and um, before John Oliver started, they showed a commercial for this American Utopia. Yeah, yeah. You know, who directed it, Spike Lee. I had no idea. Yeah, no, that's exciting. It's very exciting. I had no idea. I saw the I saw the credit, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Spike Lee directed it?" Yeah, it kind of looks uh, looks a lot like. Kind of uh, stop making sense too, you know. Yeah, in a lot in in the kind of aesthetic of it. Yeah, looks interesting. I can't, I, I've, I lost track of how many times I've seen Stop Making Sense. I'm not I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's been, even in the theater. We'd played the Fine Arts for a long time, and we would go down to the Fine Arts. And, what do you want to do? Let's go see Stop Making Sense. Yeah, that's a comforting movie. It's very yeah. comforting because the music's fun. The big suit. Yep. is great. You know. Yep. Uh, so that's something you can pop in get some comfort out of it what do you get uh, what, what what makes you comfortable what brings you uh, comfort in stressful times is there a certain food my favorite comfort food is is uh my mom's i've told i've said this before my mom's pork chops with the cream mushroom soup sauce and onions and green peppers and mashed potatoes and corn That's my ultimate comfort meal. So, uh, Michael on WGN. Hi, Michael.
9: Hey, how are you, Nick? How's it going? Okay, what's up? Hey, uh, I just heard you say something about the honeymooners during stress time, the hard times like that, like we've been through this this here virus. Yeah. Um, I've got a – I had a whole bunch of – DVDs uh, uh, had a whole bunch of DVDs of Three Stooges. I kept me a little bit of comfort. Yeah, we've got some honey. Yeah, we got some honeymooners too on top of it. But uh, along with that, I'd usually have like uh, chocolate pudding while I watch the Three Stooges.
1: Chocolate pudding while you watch the Three Stooges—that gives you comfort. That makes sense to me. That's
9: what makes uh, that's that's what makes me comfort.
1: That makes sense but to
9: I'll
1: me. You- <laughs> yep. All right, Michael. Thanks, buddy. You have a good one. All right, little Stooges. Stooges bringing uh, bringing people comfort. <laughs> I can see that. I love the Three Stooges. Love the Three Stooges. I still laugh. I've seen every Three Stooges short multiple, multiple, multiple times, and I still laugh when I when I when I watch the Three Stooges. And again, I'm I'm in the minority. Shemp is my favorite Stooge. Do you have a favorite Stooge? Favorite Stooge. Um... Probably curly, actually. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this: I did not grow up as much on The Stooges as as you. Oh get. God, <laughs> it just wasn't. My, no, I know. I like you said yeah. as you did. You know, I I watched that. I, I still watch The Stooges. Mm-hmm. Honestly, my comfort comedy South Park. Oh, I can see that. That never fails to make me like. I watched the one where Butters becomes a pimp today. <laughs> And I was crying with laughter. I was like, I forgot how funny this well, was, and it's absurd. Butters is such a great character. Be- Honestly, best character on I the show. Totally I, agree. The I totally agree. I totally agree. Butters is the Butters is the oh, best Phyllis. character on the show. Especially when he turns into uh, uh, Night. Uh, we'll no, he's the he's the Doctor Dangerous or something, right? Like Doctor uh, Destruction, Nightman. That's Sonny. That's <laughs> 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 you're going for laughs. Laughs. I'm going for gasps. Uh, the nightman, nightband. <laughs> yeah, comedies are a lot of fun to watch during this time. You know what I mean, just to get a laugh. And a good example of that, you know, we're, since we're talking TV, a good example of that is Sonny. I mean, they're despicable characters, but I laugh out loud every time I watch it. I guess I got to go. Also, as far as you know, like TV, um. I guess I got to go Seinfeld. That's comfort TV for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that some of the comfort stuff that we, that we gravitate towards is stuff that we're really familiar with. Yeah. You have to be exceedingly familiar right. with it. Otherwise it's not comfortable. Right. Because when you're familiar with it, you just know it backwards and forwards. Right. You don't even have to think about it. You just put it on. Right. Or you just, you just make it like I'm, I make like a macaroni and cheese or shells and cheese, really, for me. I love shells and cheese with, with the you know radioactive cheese sauce. Right. That's like such a comfort food for me. It makes me feel so good, and I don't even have to think about it. Right. In, well, under, in under 25 minutes, I can have. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm going to film it. I'm going to film uh-huh. it on Friday. But you got to do the regular mac and cheese, not the shells. You got to do the powdered mac and cheese. So, all right. uh, It's tense times, as we all know. We got to get through it. What makes you laugh? What makes you happy? Music, movies, TV, activities, books, even. What brings you comfort during this time? We want to hear from you. 312 981 7200. We'll get back to your calls and we'll get back to you um, after we hit the news. Right, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio, 18 stories above downtown Chicago, here until 4 o'clock, as we are every weekday, night, morning. 312 981 7200. That's our number. We're talking about uh, what comforts you. What kind of food or activity, movie, TV show, music. You know, we're all looking to find some comfort now because of, uh, you know, what's happening and what we're dealing with. So what gives that to you? What do you do? 312-981-7200. We were just talking because chocolate sales are spiking right now. So apparently um, eating chocolate brings a lot of people comfort during these tense times. So 312-981-7200. That's our number. Here is uh doc on wgn hi doc
8: hey nick hey uh well i bought seven pounds of chocolate this afternoon at costco <laughs> wow uh hey i've been working 65 75 hours a week since the pandemic began driving three thousand miles a week so uh getting to spend 20 hours a week with you knuckleheads certainly helps provide some comfort.
1: <laughs> well that's uh, nice of you doc but uh I
8: I had not seen any of Ozark, so my wife uh, uh, got me started on that, and I'm at like episode eight on the second season. I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. Uh, this weekend I'm going to go to St. Louis and try and spend three or four hundred bucks on music and books on uh, classic country, old timey hillbilly music. Okay. Uh, I have been. I got about twenty pages left of Roger Badish's book, The uh, Unplanned Life. Sure. And I can't wait to finish it to see if he lives. (laughs) But uh, it's it's really good. It's really suspenseful. And I was telling your director, no, uh, the one thing that's really been bringing me comfort is cannabis edibles. Oh, sure. I've been getting these nerd ropes, 500 milligrams, and it's like all of a sudden you have no pain whatsoever, you know. And it's the day I don't, I've been working six days a week, six months yeah and if the day i don't work i feel horrible knees ankles wrists everything and those things have really been a godsend
1: wow that's good
8: and that's then good. Uh, hey four comedy movies for me being there the life and hard times of guy trippico slacker and Days and confused ah
1: yes Days and confused one of my favorites of all time yep obviously all right all right doc thank great you great topic thank you buddy we're looking for some comfort what do you do you got music that you listen to, Tom? Yeah, I do the Talking Heads. Um, and honestly, I'm one of those people that uh, I'm calmed by really aggressive or loud music. Yeah. So um, I'll usually throw on like some metal, you know, maybe a little uh, know, it's a Slayer, really. Slayer's like my um, favorite. Yeah. I'd go with uh, there's Buffalo Tom. Yeah, Buffalo particularly, Tom. Particularly Let Me Come Over, particularly that album. Mm-hmm. Which is one of my favorite albums uh, of all time, uh, Suzanne Vega. Do 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 do. Well, that's do, not do. Suzanne Vega. Oh, it's not. It's a dip, that's that's a remix. The her version her version of you're talking about the like the with the with the dance. Beat yeah, but to it. she does that in the song, right? She the, Yeah, the, the, yeah, she yeah. does. But her version is a is cappella. Yeah. Like the original version of that song is a cappella. She would close every show with it. Tom's Diner. Yeah. Yeah, no, Suzanne Vega. I used to hate that. That club mix used to drive me crazy, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't. I, I far prefer just listening to her. Yeah, just acapella. Um, but like, um, I'm trying to just single out one Beatles album because there would be probably Revolver. mm Hmm. Because Rubber Soul and Revolver are my, are my two favorite. Rubber Soul's a really cozy album. It is. So like Revolver's got. I mean Revolver. I mean those two are probably like the zenith. Of, That's. Of the, I think it's their two. Be- I think it's their two best albums. But like something. I mean, uh, like Norwegian Wood. Yeah. Like it, it, I know it sounds weird to say, but it it sounds like wood. Like it sounds. Yeah. You know, handmade. Yeah, you know, I I don't know how to put it. Uh that was my dad's favorite Beatles song, so yeah, I, I would definitely listen to Norwegian Wood. Yeah. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. What brings you comfort during these tense times? We want to hear from you. Here's Kathy on WGN. Go ahead, Kathy. Good morning,
10: gentlemen. Um the the last person kind of stole my thunder, but um what gives me comfort and reduces anxiety is Lexapro. Mm-hmm. I used to have really bad panic attacks and I can only imagine how bad they would be given the current circumstances, but now I'm good.
1: Uh well that's good. That's good to that's good yeah. to hear. Yeah. All right, Kathy, thank you.
10: Uh huh.
11: Yep. Bye
1: bye. Yeah, sometimes you gotta, you know, talk to a professional if it gets Listen, really tough out there for you. I've had panic attacks in the past and they're not fun. No. They're not I, fun. I, sometimes you think you're dying. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a lot. It's, I it's I tough. you know it's weird because I I pretty, I'm pretty I'm pretty I mean I'm an anxiety prone person. Um, and uh, it doesn't take a lot for me to freak out or it just maybe just inside my head. Um, and as as I've said before, it takes me like three hours to fall asleep because I have so much stuff going on in my brain. Um, but uh, yeah. It's tough. It's tough, especially when it's, you know, such a, such a weird and complicated situation as we're in right now. People need something. They need something to get through this and get some comfort. What do you uh, what do you where do you go? 312-981-7200. What is your go-to in any category that gives you comfort, that'll get you through these times? 312-981-7200. Here's Steve on WGN, hey Steve.
9: Hey, how are you? All right. Yeah, what I like to do to relax and compress is I'll I'll sit out on the deck and and get myself a cigar, watch the dogs play. I got two young dogs, watch them play in the yard, and just 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 chill. Yeah, that yeah. Sounds... I find out that I am eating more chocolate too. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm not much for the the dark chocolate. I think it's too bitter. But uh, I am like the milk chocolate, you know, either like you know the little Hershey bars or uh, M and Ms or something like that. Yeah. And right now I'm on a Klondike bar kick.
1: Ah, a little ah. ice cream. Ice, cream, yeah, is, ice cream, cream is ice cream is that's it's comfort like, food. It's like
9: a poor man's hot there. Yeah. there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's what I do.
1: Okay, thanks, Steve. All right, bye. Watch the dogs smoke a cigar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ice cream. That's a that's a. I mean, that's a huge comfort food. Mm-hmm. And it's also. You know, I mean, obviously, one of the cliches is if you're suffering a breakup, you sit on the couch, eat a pint of ice cream, eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's, <laughs> and uh, think about what could have been. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of how I how I got through breakups. Booze for me. Yeah. Well, the last breakup I had was when I was 18. So no booze for you. No, no booze for me. Um. Yeah. I don't remember. I. I just kind of accepted it. That last one, the last breakup. I'll, I ever had. I'll ever have. God willing. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I just kind of was like, well, that could have gone better, and just went on with my life. <laughs> and I'm still friends with her too. You know. It's yeah. uh. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Um. So, you know what, to, do you have a favorite Ben & Jerry's? Um, you Honestly, Cherry Garcia. Really? And I'm not a big Cherry person, but that, that Cherry Garcia is really good. But I know it's a it's, it's a world of flavors with those guys that I, I can't even fathom what they're coming up with. One of my favorites that no longer exists um, is named after Dave Matthews Band. Of course. It's One Sweet World because they've got a song called One Sweet World. Mm-hmm. But it's the- oh, W H I R L E D. Oh, World. Well, the song that is the song wor- is, is yeah. w- w- the world. Well, I didn't I didn't think that he was singing about ice no. cream. <laughs> uh but it was it was it was inspired by uh, Dave Matthews band song. It started in 2002 um and uh it was uh, it was for it, all the you know the, uh, big proceeds from the sale went to um uh, org. That's nice. It is except that you know whenever you talk about the environment oh, well, with Dave know. Matthews people always talk about the poop being dumped in the Chicago in the River. Chicago River on which is just a, on top of a boat with yeah, people on it. I, I um it's just so weirdly ironic yeah, well, we—I mean, we all know that he, him, Dave Matthews himself—it was, no was the involvement. moron driver of it was the bus. The it was the driver of the bus. But it's I just mean, so it's... weird that he's associated with that because he clearly is one of the most environmental uh, acts on the planet. Yeah, he's a real, a real Sierra Club fan. But you know. it was um, uh, super premium caramel mm-hmm. coffee ice cream with marshmallow and uh, caramel swirls. And uh, coffee-flavored fudge chips. I like that. Oh, it was so good. Let me throw a little quick trivia over here. Uh, I can't remember if it's Ben or Jerry, but one of them has a really actually poor sense of taste. So when they would come up with flavors, they would make them as intense as possible so that... I want to say it was Jerry, so that Jerry could taste them. So that's why Ben and Jerry's have really intense flavors, Mm. is so that Jerry could actually taste them. Yeah. I could I could see, you know, chowing down on a bunch of Ben & Jerry when you're stressed. I could totally see that. You could wipe out a pint. I could wipe out a pint of Ben & Jerry's. I, could, I'm not, I like ice cream. Not that much. Oh, I could wipe out a pint without question. Like a scoop, maybe. So, uh, All right. Uh, 312-981-7200. We got some phone lines open. We want to hear from you. How do you find comfort during stressful situations? Um, you know, a music movie, TV show, food. And I know food's a big one. Food is a big one. Uh, but what brings you comfort and and gets rid of some of the stress that we're all going through right now? Uh, uh, Give give us a call. We want to hear from you. 312-981-7200. Hold on. We will return and talk to you about uh, finding comfort. Here on 720 WGN What? what? Hey uh, (laughs) We're live in the Skyline studio Here till 4 o'clock Every morning uh, Every morning at 2.30 We play back some classic Johnny Carson clips Uh, The Johnny Carson show You can watch it every night On Antenna TV So we like to play Some comedy clips Sometimes it's an interview Or a sketch Or stand-up It's stand-up this morning um, from 1977, Skip Stevenson, uh, best known for his hair, <laughs> was that it was- and uh, his his we've uh, one of the hosts of uh, Real People, which is a very popular show, um in the the uh, late 70s and early 80s. Three thirty on uh, on Wednesday mornings, we do know your onion. That's when we get uh, first two callers in at three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. They do a round each with Tom. Tom will uh, throw out some news headlines, and you have to figure out whether they're real or from the satirical newspaper, The Onion, because the news is weird now. Sometimes it's hard to tell which ones are real. But if you, uh, if you, you, you get uh, the majority correct, you win, you get some prize. You get a prize. Who, who doesn't enjoy a thing? Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, uh, flat, the Italian flat-earth misadventure and conspiracies. And uh, what were your favorite conspiracies? You like a good conspiracy movie, Tom? Yeah, JFK. Yeah, I don't like that one. You don't like JFK? No. What about, uh, is the Iger Sanction one? That's not really, uh, it's more of just a it, thriller. It's a thriller, a mountain climbing movie, really. But... I'll say, I'll say uh, Three Days of the Condor. Oh my God, what a great movie. And you know, Robert Redford appeared in a lot of good conspiracy movies. I mean, what are we talking about? All the president's men. My God. All right. Uh, let's see. Here's Jenny on WGN. Hi, Jenny. Hello, Nick. How are you
11: doing? How's your uh, dad doing? He's
1: fine. Thank you.
11: Okay, okay, my favorite comfort is anything to do with you, because you keep uh, comfort at night, and uh, Tom has beautiful uh, mu- bumper music and uh, ice cream or uh, any type of music.
1: Oh, all right. Well, we appreciate that. That was very nice of you to say, Jenny. We appreciate that. Yeah,
11: and uh, don't ever give up, and uh, say hi to me for your dad. And all Jen right. husband and everything like that.
1: All right, uh, and, uh, I, and I won't. I won't. won't.
11: me, my day for talking to you live.
1: Okay, thanks, Jenny.
11: Have a
4: wonderful okay. day now. All
1: right, I'll also say hi to my mom. I don't want to leave her out. So, oh, by the way, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. I was just thinking about another album that would, um, make me happy. Pet sounds. Well, well, yeah. Okay, I was just trying. Right. To, that's not, not the first. That's guess. not that. That's uh, but yes, yes. Uh, no, Zeppelin two. Zeppelin two. The Brown Bomber, because that was the album. That was the first album that I heard by Zeppelin, and I was probably four or five. My aunt had a copy of it, and I just became obsessed with it. It's still my favorite Zeppelin album. I just I became completely. Did you just I, played it for you? Yeah. She was just like, "Hold on, Nick." This You're is about the aunt who taught your britches. She's she's the, this is the aunt who taught me how to swear. She also turned me <laughs> on. She also turned me on to Zeppelin. I think it's funny you've mentioned that to me, and it's I wonder how that how does that work? If someone teaches you to swear. Well, or did she just? She did not curb her language at all in front of me. Yeah, and you know, and I th- I thought it sounded nice. I thought it sounded cool. Well, I mean, everybody knows that and swearing is cool. She didn't discourage me either. You know, like <laughs> if I swore in front of her, she wouldn't get mad. My mom and dad would. Mm-hmm. And my Aunt Judy. Let me, she, she she was something, man. She me, was something. Let me ask you this. At what age do you think it is acceptable for a person to start swearing? Oh, you're asking the wrong person, man. You are you are so Listen, asking the wrong I, person. I, got, I, I have I a filthy you. mouth. You do? When I'm not on the air... When I'm not on, and I have so many people who know me who are like, I don't know how you can talk on the radio for five hours and not drop an f bomb or two. Because you get it all out before and after. Well, yeah, <laughs> I have to maintain professionality when yes. I'm on the air, or as professional as I can get. Exactly. But, um, but you know, like, I can't tell you. I don't know. I started swearing really young. Sure. sure. So I don't know. Thirteen. Thirteen. Like if a th- yeah, I guess if a thirteen-year-old swore in front of me, I would be like ah. All right, fine. Yeah, you're 13. I, say, I, I mean, I started swearing long before that. Yeah. No, I, I believe it. I believe it. Um, I'm going to go a little, I'll say 15. 15. 15, definitely you can start swearing and people should be like, well, come on. Well, 15, you're already in high school. You're in high school. You know what I mean? You're. you're I got go to go earlier than you that. I got to go earlier than that. You got to go at least 13. Yeah, yeah well, 13 is like eighth grade, you know. 13 is eighth grade. You're top of the top of the pile. That's right. Yep, you throw a few f bombs in there, and, you, and, you, and then you're you perfect it when you get into high school. Well, yeah, if you you're not, profe- you perfect your profanity when you get into. I'm gonna high school. I, I'm gonna say it. If you were not good at swearing by high school age, I don't know what you got. Well, yeah, you know, I agree. I you agree. Got, you got to be good at it. You don't have to do it all that often. You just have to be good at it. Yeah. If you if you can swear, but choose not to, I respect that. Ah, uh, yeah, I can. Uh, I can find comfort in that. <laughs> Good David Mamet play. Sure. You know? Little Glen, 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 Glen Ross. There's a comfort thing right there. Right there. I know every line from that, from the, from the movie and the play. It is wet out there tonight. Wet out there tonight. Oh, you're uh, a file. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, You are a craphead, Williamson. Although he doesn't say that. Jack Lemon. man. What a heartbreaking performance. What a character. Mm -hmm. Shelly the Machine Levine. What a great character. Great nickname. Yeah. Shelly the Machine Levine. Shelly the Machine Levine. Hey, that's the machine you're talking to. (laughs) That movie. Oh, God, I love that movie so much. Let me, uh, did
7: you ever have a nickname like that?
1: You know, obviously you get your Nicky's. No, I, you know, you know. I, had Ni- I was Nicky when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, sure. I mean, and then I, when I hit like 13 or 14, I was like, enough. Just Nick. It's Nick. Except, you know, I had relatives and cousins who would still call me Nicky. Yeah. I was always going to be Nicky. But I'd become, like, at, at some point to different, because my dad's name is Nick.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: At some point to differentiate with it, I was referred to as Little Nick. Mm-hmm. And then my dad was Big Nick. Yeah, and it's common, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you and, and you know, but um, I didn't really have a nickname. Somebody tried to start a nickname for me. What was it? <laughs> didn't didn't catch on, Diggy, D- Diggy, Diggy. <laughs> yeah, because the first four letters of my last name is D I G I. Diggy, <laughs> Diggy. Oh my god! This is one of my idiot friends who started calling me Diggy. What's up, Diggs? He's a good no, Diggy. It was yeah. always Diggy, just Diggy, not never the yeah. digster. It was the it was the guy who uh, my friend Dan, the guy who said, "How do we get out of this dump?" Yeah, when we were at the Smithsonian. <laughs> and then he's also the one that told when he bought when when someone bought him a drink, he said, "Pour it in the street," which yeah. is still one of my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> Diggy. Yeah, it didn't catch on. It, Diggy, <laughs> Diggy Smalls, Little Diggy. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> david jennings has been possessed by satan yeah right um so anyway all right listen um so we're going to talk about uh, some crazy conspiracies uh conspiracy theories that actually turned out to be true and we're going to talk about something that happened in italy when some flat earthers were looking for the edge of the world but they didn't get there
0: (laughs) wait a minute talking about conspiracies yeah isn't that the new normal i guess but we also, got some
1: not the first Italians to try and find the edge of the world. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And you got a Ridley Scott movie to prove it. Didn't Ridley Scott direct that? Christopher Columbus. Didn't he do a Columbus movie? When somebody did a somebody did two Columbus movies, like uh, very close to each other, and they weren't good. Well, we'll talk about that later. All right, let's get to the news. The here on 720 WGN. Uh, we're live in the Skyline studio here, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. We're here until 4 o'clock. It's Wednesday morning, which means at 3.30 we're going to need two callers, two of the first callers to be contestants, for another round of Know Your Onion. That's uh, when each one will do one round. Uh, Tom will uh, read off some news headlines, and you have to figure out whether they're real or from the satirical newspaper, The Onion. That's at 3.30. At 2.30 we always play back some... Uh, Classic Johnny Carson bits. Uh, sometimes it's sketches, sometimes it's uh, interviews, sometimes it's stand-up. This morning we're going to play some stand-up at 2.30 with Skip Stevenson from 1977. Uh, and uh, we're about to jump into um, uh, the topic of conspiracies. And if you would like to join us, it's 312-981-7200. So, uh, this story... <laughs> um, In Italy, these flat earthers seek the edge of the world but end up on an island off of Sicily. Which, depending on who you are, might be the end of the world. Um, A pair of flat earth enthusiasts from northern Italy set sail from Sicily with the intention of reaching the remote island of Lampedusa, which for them represented the edge of the flat world. Um... Too bad that the couple, a middle-aged man and woman, undertook their escapade in full lockdown, breaking the strict COVID-19 travel restrictions in place three months ago. Uh, The story, which is only coming to light today, reveals that the hapless pair reached the North Sicilian port of uh, termini i where they sold their car and bought a boat. From here, they set sail for their desired destination, but ended up on the island of Eustica, which is 60 kilometers to the northwest of Palermo, and not remotely near Lampedusa, which is located to the far south of Sicily, near the coast of Tunisia. Um, The disoriented pair arrived into the harbor of Eustica, tired, thirsty, and risking shipwreck, quote-unquote, to the dismay of the local mayor, uh, the Cabinieri and the Coast Guard, according to Italian media. The funny thing is that they oriented themselves with a compass, an instrument that works on the basis of terrestrial mag- magnetism, a, a principle that they, as flat earthers, should refuse, as <laughs> the doctor at the Maritime Department of the Ministry of Health told the Italian newspapers. After disembarking, in Eustica, in the midst of the coronavirus epidemic, the two were escorted to uh, Palermo, where they were placed in quarantine on board their boat for 15 days. However, the couple decided to risk a daring escape by sea, which also did not go according to plan. Boy, these people are morons. Being inexperienced seafarers, the two were picked up by the harbor master not far from the coast, despite being at sea for three hours. Escorted back to the port, the pair then made another attempt to escape, this time ending up in the home of a mythomaniac man who claimed falsely to be a coronavirus, coronavirus pos- positive before they eventually returned home to Veneto by land, to the understandable general relief of all around. Wow, what a couple of morons. Oh, man, what a ridiculous story. So, all right. So, flat Earth—the uh, idea of flat Earth—is also a conspiracy idea because people are, you know, uh, uh, who, people who believe it is—they think there's a conspiracy to cover it up. So we'll—we've uh, got more uh, crazy conspiracy theories, and the, every one of them that we're going to talk about are real. Uh, crazy conspiracy theories that actually turned out to be true. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Your trucker, rich, Go ahead, rich.
0: Hey Nick. Hey, how are you doing tonight? All right. Well, like I was telling Tom, these people that believe in flat earth have never lived with a cat. Because if they had lived with a cat and believed the earth is flat, the cats would have knocked everything off it by now. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know. I could watch <laughs> you I could know, watch, I could watch videos of cats just like knocking stuff off of off of counters and tables for hours. Right. I don't um, know what the I don't know what the fa- I don't know what the fascination is with cats just going, well, look at this here's a salt shaker chaos. Here's a salt shaker flink.
0: <laughs> yeah. We've well, got a couple that will sit there and I'll put something on a end table and you can just see the look in their eyes like he's looking over there. Yeah. He's looking at you and he's staring you in the eye and all of a sudden, you know, Paul goes out and knocks it off and he looks yeah. down like a little kid, like, What was that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. And then I mean it's it's just, it cats are weird. I love them. I love them, but oh, they're too. but they're but they're weird. I mean, we have to admit that. Yeah. As, as, you know, if you're a cat person, and I am definitely a cat person. Uh, yeah. You can't you can't deny the weirdness of cats.
0: <laughs> we've we've got one that loves straws. He runs up and down the hall with a straw in his mouth, screaming, <laughs> and it sounds like he's yelling "mom," you know. And then he'll then he'll drop the straw and look around, pick it up, and run down the hall again. That's hilarious. And just and just scream. It sounds just yeah. like a person yelling "mom." Yeah. God, he, cats are so weird. The that, so he's weird. also the one that chases me to bed at eleven fifteen every morning. <laughs> brings a straw and starts screaming at me that it's time to go to bed. Oh man,
1: that's I yeah, that's fun. All right, Rich, thanks, buddy. Yep.
0: Yep. Have a good evening. Okay, man.
1: Is your cat weird? Yeah, he's. We call him the Yell Man. As the a, Yell Man. Yeah, the Yell Man because he just <laughs> sometimes he just, he's a very vocal cat. You know, some. Well, what's cats his are name very, again? Slappy. No, it's Slappy, <laughs> Tigger. Oh, Tigger! Right? Because the wonderful thing about Tiggers are Tiggers are wonderful things. Right? Uh, like Winnie the Pooh. Um, and that was his name when we got him. He's right? Middle aged man. I'm not going to rename him. Not that he he doesn't even respond to his name. We call it, We call him like like Bubby or Boobs, and he'll respond. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, what what is it? So he's weird. We yeah, very weird. We like to call him the Yell Man because he'll ju- he just like likes to look at us and just go. Ah! Like like, and he's happy, he's perfectly content, yeah, ah, cats ah. are cats are weird, man, <laughs> they're just weird that's, they're what, super I, that's weird one of the many reasons why I love cats so much they're they're funny as hell, they are, they're funny little creatures, yep, well, not mine, he's huge uh three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number. We're talking about conspiracy theories, I've got some crazy conspiracy theories that actually turned out to be true. We'll talk about those, and if you remember any conspiracies that uh, maybe some of your are favorites. <laughs> Uh yeah. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred Nick DeGilio and W G N That sounded like your cat, Muggsy, or whatever. Muggsy. <laughs> that's what he sounds like. There it is. Uh oh. One more. One more. Yeah. Oh. That's the one that only dogs can hear. <laughs> and Cool in the Gang. Yeah. Cool in the Gang. <sighs> Muggsy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say the full sentence on the air, but Richard Pryor live in concert, the first uh, concert movie that Richard Pryor did, which by the way is the uh, best and, uh, documentation of uh, of, of stand up ever. It's the funniest. It's the funniest uh, stand up set ever. Um, a guy blows a whistle in the audience. Whee! <laughs> he goes, "Hey man, this ain't cool in the gang." He says something after that, but I can't say it on the air. Uh, Yeah, classic uh, classic Johnny Carson uh, clip coming up in just a few minutes here. Skip Stevenson from 1977. Um, And uh, right now we're talking about conspiracy theories that actually turned out to be true. Do you have favored conspiracies? Here's uh, Josh on WGN. Go ahead, Josh.
10: Hey, Nick. Um, I didn't realize that these had to fall in the true category, but... Uh, one of my, one of my favorite ones, um, is known as either Project Beta or the Benowitz Affair. All right. Uh, basically this is, um, where a lot of our current UFO conspiracy culture comes from. It starts down in, um, um, start New Mexico, uh-huh. right, near Sandy, right near Sandia National Labs, and this one, this one scientist guy who's running his own um, business detects some sort of strange signals coming out of Sandia. And he. he oh, by the way, quick side note. His name is Paul Benowitz. He goes to the Sandia and goes, uh, Guys, i strange signals here. It appears to be aliens. Uh huh. And, and it turns out that. Um, He'd been detecting transmissions from Sandia National Labs to us to a spy satellite. Oh, I see. And basically, there was everybody on the base—sorry, the base's command structure—goes, "Whoa, we've been had." Uh-huh. And they decide, and they decide to disinform him uh-huh. really hard. Um, all
8: right. Okay, Josh.
10: Uh and- Actually, can I just throw one last thing here? Alright. Uh the stuff the stuff I disinform him with is everything from alien abductions to alien underground bases to, you know, anal probes and just generally everything all the weirdness in modern UFO culture.
1: Yeah. There's a there's a lot of weirdness in the UFO culture, Josh. And uh there's a ton of, you know, conspiracy theories associated with UFOs and You know, aliens and things like that. So, thanks for the call, Josh. 312-981-7200. Do you have favorite conspiracies? Do you remember the movie Conspiracy Theory? What year was that from? 90s? Hmm. Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson? Yeah, directed by Richard Donner. Are we sure you're not describing Lethal Weapon 2? No. Conspiracy Theory. I don't know who else. I can't remember who else was in it but um um he was caught up in uh, in in Oh, Julia Roberts. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Julia Roberts was in it. Yeah. And I think it was Richard Donner. Yeah, Richard Donner, screenplay by uh, Brian uh, Helgeland. Yeah. Pat St- Patrick Stewart is in that? Yeah. Interesting. I haven't seen it since it came out. I remember thinking it was pretty good.
4: Mhm. It yeah. was
1: it was it was a big fairly big success. Success. It was uh $80 million made 137 at the box office. Well, you know, that was back when Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts were both massive. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I remember that one. But a lot of conspiracy movies. You mentioned one of my favorites, though, Three Days of the Condor. Yeah, Three Days of the Condor is that great. Is such a great movie. Um, all right, how about this? The Horror of Project Sunshine. These are crazy conspiracy theories that are actually true. If you have a favorite conspiracy, one that you maybe heard when you were a kid... Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Laughing at conspiracy theories is good fun, at least in, until they turn out to be true. Take the conspiracy around the Project Sunshine, quote-unquote, for example. In the wake of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, uh, the U.S. government commenced a major study to measure the effects of nuclear fallout on the human body. Conspiracy, the government was stealing dead bodies to do radioactive testing. But the truth... The government was stealing parts of dead bodies because they needed young tissue. They recruited a worldwide network of agents to find recently deceased babies and children and then take samples or even limbs, each collected without notification or permission from more than 1,500 grieving families. The world... Only woke up to this horrific scientific history of Project Sunshine a half century later, but there's still a lot of unexplained mysteries out there. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. That's that's a nightmare. Yeah. But it really happened. Well, I mean, the number of crazy things that have been done in the pursuit of science alone yeah. is pretty pretty staggering. Um. I actually watched a movie with uh, Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, um, it was called like The Experimenter or something. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he plays uh, uh, Stanley Milgram. Yeah, no, I've, Mil- I've yeah, seen it. It's and good. The, yeah, the obedience yeah. Uh, thing. That was crazy. That really messed some people up. Yeah. Uh, for for reference, it's you know the experiment where they teach, uh, they have two, they have one guy. You know, they have to teach someone else a you know some sort of like word pattern, and every time they get a question wrong, they have to shock them, and they're told to essentially shock them to death. And then I think it was something to the effect of like sixty five percent of all participants kill, you know, quote unquote killed. Yeah. Well, the they study. they were the they weren't actually shocking them. The person was was in a separate room yelling. Yeah, yelling. And pretending that that he was, yeah. Please stop, that sort of thing. And they they pushed it to see how far Mm -hmm. the person who's pressing the shock button would go. Right. That's based on a true story. Yeah, that actually happened. I mean, I was watching it because uh, my fiance is teaching a course in um, research methods, and they do a thing on ethics.
5: Sure, sure. that,
1: That and the Stanford prison experiment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you guys know about the Stanford Prison Experiment. Again, not not necessarily a conspiracy, but just not good. Not good. You had a bunch of college age guys. Some of them were quote unquote prisoners. The other ones were guards. And as you might expect, um, the results were pretty staggering. Um, or even you did you see three uh, three identical strangers? Oh yeah that that is a conspiracy. That was an actual conspiracy. Yeah. To take away multiples and and separate them and then study them, yeah, you know, as they got separated. Yeah, there's been a lot of real-life conspiracies. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We're going to go through some of them, these crazy conspiracy theories. But I can't believe that this, that they stole parts of dead bodies of deceased babies and children. They took limbs and then no notification or permission from 1,500 families. That's how it goes. Are you kidding me? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just crazy. And they called it Project Sunshine. See, that's a movie right there. It'd be a depressing movie, but... Very depressing, yeah. Well, and I wonder how that would have been uncovered. You know, someone had to have heard something... Yeah. ...and pulled the right thread. You know what I mean? Well, that's another thing. It's like, you know, as we go through these... You know conspiracy theories, and if you want to jump in, what's your favorite conspiracy or the weirdest one? Is is how they're found out, how it's discovered. Um, but uh, yeah, it doesn't say how it was discovered that they were stealing parts of uh, dead bodies, but they said that it was a a, uh, that it was uh, it took a half century later to figure it out to find it out. So it was, it was an unexplained conspiracy mystery for a long, long time, but then it was just discovered 50 years later. Project Sunshine. Whew. Crazy. All right. Uh, hey, uh, phone lines are open. Do you have a, a, a favorite or weird conspiracy theory that you want to jump in here? Um, some of them maybe you heard when you were a kid, because that's when you hear some of them and you go, oh, is that real? And then you read books on conspiracies and things like that. It was very popular. You know, jumping into the world of conspiracies was very, very popular when I was growing up um, in the 70s. I think it probably had to do with things like Watergate. You know, Um, we just had that kind of mindset. And, And in the 70s, you know, as far as entertainment goes, there was a lot of paranoid thrillers that came out. You know, so it was just in the air. But we got more real conspiracies here coming up. But we want to uh, take a quick break here. And when we come back, we always play back some uh, funny, classic Carson comedy bits. Uh, We're going to hear some stand-up from 1977 from Skip Stevenson. And you can watch the Johnny Carson Show every night on Antenna TV. And then we'll get back to the conspiracy uh, talk. 312-981-7200. Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Hi. Hi. We're live in the Skyline studio here until uh, 4 o'clock, as we are every weekday morning. Here till 4, and then at 4 o'clock we head over to Bradley Place, which is a TV side. Hear from our brothers and sisters over there with some early morning news, and then back here at 5 o'clock with the great Bob Surratt. We're going to get back to our uh, talking about crazy conspiracy theories that are actually true. Uh-oh, what? Thank you, Mick. Um, and if you have any, hold on, uh, we got some people on the line, hold on. But if you have a favorite conspiracy theory that maybe you heard when you were a kid or a weird one, you know, it's late, it's late at night. Let's talk about conspiracy theories. It's a fun time to do that. 312-981-7200, 312-981-7200. All right. Uh, every weekday morning right around this time, a little after 2.30, we like to play back some classic Johnny Carson comedy. You can watch uh, Johnny Carson TV on uh, Johnny Carson Show on uh, Antenna TV, and we like to play back uh, some comedy to make you laugh uh, in the early mornings here. Usually, some stand-up or some sketches or interview, crazy bits. Well, Skip Stevenson, stand-up comedian uh, who I believe was best known as one of the hosts of uh, a pretty successful show called uh, Real People from the late '70s and early '80s. Uh, was a stand-up comedian as well. And uh, this is his appearance from 1977 on The Johnny Carson Show. Here is Skip Stevenson.
3: Thank you. How many people are from out of town?
0: Are you?
3: Well, if you you get a chance and you're down in Hollywood, you'll see on the corners. In fact, this is all over the country now in the major cities. They have these uh, newspaper racks full of pornographic... Well, what they are, they're just dirty dirty newspapers, right? Have you seen these on the stands? And they've all got the same headlines in the front. They've got these big black headlines that says, hundreds of personal ads in the back. (laughs) Hundreds of personal ads with photos in the back. See, if you've got a post office box, you can advertise in the back of these swingers' magazines for any kind of a weird affair you'd ever want to get involved in. You know, I was reading one of those papers the other day. I found it on my lawn. And uh, Must have fell out of a police car but I read a great ad in the back of one of those magazines It just blew me out It said, I will do anything with anybody at any time Please, no freaks ah, Freaks is a Hollywood expression A lot of people go around saying I'm freaking out, man This is a freak out The other big expression out here is Blow my mind You go to a party, what's happening? It's blowing my mind, Jim Everything is blowing my mind. How in the world do you blow somebody's mind? You can do it. You want to blow somebody's mind? Invite people over for dinner and then don't serve anything. (laughs) (laughs) Just give them a couple of glasses of ripple and say, we're going to the movies. We'll call you tomorrow. (laughs) Thanks (laughs) Blow somebody's mind. Call up information and give them somebody's phone number. (laughs) You got Leo Johnson's phone number at 4413 Elm Street in Burbank? No? Well, it's 3279. Would you write that in your book? I ain't been getting any calls over here. (laughs) You ever do weird things like that? Drive through a jack-in-the-box and order a big man. (laughs) Get on an elevator with somebody you've never seen before in your life and lean over under his chin and go... (sighs) Stop a cop on the freeway and tell him you've been speeding. (laughs) this after 120. I was all over the road. Where were you? <laughs> you want to really blow somebody's mind? Call up the Internal Revenue Service and request an audit. <laughs> Here's one for you. If you ever go on a date with somebody you don't want to go out with again, just say to them, would you like some gum? If they say yes, go onto the table and say, well, let's see. There's uh, there's some bubble gum that was just put here. If you're at a discotheque or a singles bar and it gets too boring for you, run up to somebody and say, would you like to dance? If they say yes, say, well, go ahead. (laughs) Here's one just for the guys, just for the guys here. Get on an elevator in a department store completely nude, see? And just say men's clothing. (laughs) Get up to men's clothing, say socks. And then get back on the elevator wearing nothing but a pair of socks and say, luggage. <laughs> the latest two popular expressions, of course, are hot and bad, right? Things that used to be cool are now hot. People used to say, hey, man, that's a cool outfit. Now they say that's a hot sweater, that's a hot coat. Things that used to be good are now bad. If the music was good, people come out of rock concert saying, those were some bad sounds, man. <laughs> bad sounds. Expressions always go to extremes, right? First it was good, then it was bad. Then it was cool, then it was hot. When I was in high school, we used to say, hey, what's going on? Then it was, what's coming off? (laughs) Then they said, what's coming up? Now it's, what's going down? (laughs) See, I'm still trying to figure out, what is it? (laughs) And did I step in it? (laughs) I think we're all standing in it, don't you? That's incredible, man, I tell you. But uh, I, I live over here in Burbank. Anybody out here that hasn't been stopped by the highway patrol, if you've lived out here more than three weeks and haven't been pulled over by the highway patrol, you have to call in, man. It's a, oh, yeah. Have you ever been stopped so many times in your life as you do out here? Nobody's got the same colors of red and blue like the highway patrol got in those lights, man. When those come on behind your car at midnight, that'll straighten you out of anything you've ever been on. Just like that, right? Huh? Your eyes clear up. You're a quiz kid. You swallow things you normally wouldn't. <laughs> You just go crazy, don't you? It's got a terrible rhythm to it when it comes on because those lights are on rollers and when they come on behind your car at night, it'll just scare you to death, right? It's just like a bunch of little red arms and blue hands inside of your car with you. We got you, we've got you, we've got you, we've got you. you. You'll never get away from us. Oh, my Lord. Now it's even worse. Now they've got loud speakers in the highway patrol cars. Isn't that frightening? Have you heard these guys out there on the freeways at night? Pull as far as you can to the right shoulder. Activate your emergency brake. Turn on your interior light. Take all of your clothes off and stand on your head in the back seat. (laughs) And you do it like a fool, and the first guy comes with a big flashlight and tells his partner, Hey, man, he's in there. He did it. Look, he's got no clue. <laughs> I live over here in Burbank, which is where the studios are and everything. We have, our own, we have our own police department in Burbank. Did you know that? We're right in the middle of Los Angeles, but we have our own police department. They're based out of the Winchell's Donut Stand there at Magnolia and Hollywood Way. <laughs> <laughs> There's two of them now, so they pretty well have the town covered. We don't have a police helicopter in Burbank yet. We got a guy in a hang glider with a flashlight going through the backyard. You know? <laughs> California's pretty laid back, though. They're even making cars out here now with glass bottoms, so if you run over somebody, you can just back up and see if you know them. You know? <laughs> hey, I'd like to close by reminding you that I was here. Thank you.
1: Uh, Skip Stevenson. Can you describe what he was wearing in that clip? Because this is 1977. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) A collared sweater with, like, kind of southwestern uh, patterns on it. (laughs) You know, it looks like something you would buy in Arizona Mm -hmm. in the 70s. It's got, like, a deep V on it. Yeah. But he is... uh, He's he's not rocking any chest hair. That's why I'm not sure if this is really the 70s. No, it's the 70s, 1977. Yeah, no, he's he's wearing like this, this is weird. I, I find it funny. He's kind of making fun of hippies. I'm like, dude, you look like a hippie. Yeah, you're dressed kind of like a hippie. All you're missing is the uh, is the joint in your mouth. Yeah. Well, I think he had to wear a suit or at least a a normal sweater when he was on real Li- uh, real real life real people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That show was a that show was a really big hit. I'm sure. You know, it was like a, it was like one of the first sort of reality shows. It was a it was a show where they showcased you know real people doing real stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we had a show called That's Incredible. That was the title of the show. Yeah, That's Incredible. That's Incredible. I miss candid camera. And it was John Davidson. John Davidson. Yeah. All right. I can't remember who the others. Look up That's Incredible. And they would have real people doing crazy stuff that you couldn't believe what they were doing. I wanted to say... Uh, Kathy Lee Crosby. Oh, that's right. Kathy Lee Crosby. uh, Fran Tarkenton. Yeah, that's right. Fran Tarkenton, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. It was only on for four years. Yeah, that's incredible. It actually had some pretty good ratings. I bet. Uh, Yeah. Seems like it was a fun show to watch. Yeah, that was a thing back then. Like you got your real people, you got your that's incredible. Mm-hmm. You had those incredible animals, and I believe Burgess Meredith was a was one of the hosts on that. Was Ca- Kathy Lee Crosby? Was she the original Wonder Woman? Um, I don't know. Hmm. She might have been. I don't know. Yeah. But um, maybe she was. Yeah. So anyway, that was a that was certainly a time. <laughs> it's certainly a very specific time in the world of television. So, all right. Thank you, Skip Stevenson. Uh, we'll play more classic Johnny Carson clips. We'll do it again uh, tomorrow morning at, uh, at 2.30. Uh, and uh, there you go. All right, let's uh, do a little weather here, and then we're going to jump back into the topic, which is crazy conspiracy theories that actually turned out to be true. And uh, do you have a conspiracy theory that maybe uh, you heard when you were younger? Uh, do you have any favorite conspiracies? 312-981-7200. Phone lines are open. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred.
7: Somewhere
6: beyond the sea,
7: somewhere waiting for me. My lover stands on golden
4: sand.
7: And watches the ships that go sailing
1: Right. Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. Uh, We're live in the Skyline studio here. Till 4 o'clock. Hey, at 3.30, the first two callers in will be our contestants for Know Your Onion. And you could win things. Things are good to win. If you can tell the difference between a real news headline and a headline from the satirical comedy newspaper, The Onion. And the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom here on WGM. We've been talking about some uh, conspiracies. Do you have any favorites, crazy conspiracy theories or conspiracies that you heard maybe when you were a kid? We've got more examples of some that actually turned out to be true. Here's Linda on WGN. Hi, Linda. Hey.
11: Good morning. Hi. Uh, There's several of them, but I think one of the biggest ones out there is the Kennedy assassination.
4: Mm-hmm.
11: And uh, I don't know if you fellas watch the History Channel lately about all the aliens and the different things that happen and uh the skinwalkers ranch out in utah yeah we've talked
1: Strange about the, we've talked we've, we've talked about the skinwalkers ranch a lot on this show
11: yeah and uh another thing is it's going on right now since i was a kid every time we had a bad flu or something medical happened like that I remember hearing my parents and now I'm even beginning to start to think about it is uh it seems like everything starts coming from China. And uh the way the Russians and them are trying to get in through our computers, I believe that those two countries are in cahoots to put the US I mean at our most vulnerable point. Everybody's getting sick, people are fighting. There's people that are fi- finding that don't even belong in the areas that are there instigating things. And they can bring us, this country is getting to where we're not as strong as we used to be. People aren't sticking together like they did. They're trying to do a takeover.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's a conspiracy theory, Linda. <laughs> you're, you're sporting a conspiracy theory. Uh, So you just gave us an example of you sporting a conspiracy theory, and I appreciate the call. Thank you, Linda. All right. How about this one? These are real conspiracy theories. Bad booze. The conspiracy. During Prohibition, the government poisoned alcohol to keep people from drinking. The truth. Manufacturers of industrial alcohol had been mixing their product with dangerous chemicals for years prior to Prohibition. But between 1926 and 1933, the federal government pushed manufacturers to use stronger poisons to discourage bootleggers from turning the alcohol into moonshine. That didn't stop the bootleggers or their customers, and by the end of Prohibition, more than 10,000 Americans had been killed by tainted booze. Much of the illegal booze was sold in infamous night spots called speakeasies, so-called for the practice of speaking quietly about such a place in public or when inside it so as not to alert the police and neighbors. Oh, so they did poison the. Yeah, they w- they would do it. They would it poison would the booze. Poison the booze to get people to not drink. You know, it's they're not going to not drink. No, you're just going to kill a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, at the at the end of the day, that's all that really happens. I mean, you know, it, it, it discouraging people from drinking, especially during prohibition. You know what I mean when you when you wanted booze but couldn't get it. Uh, I mean, prior prior to prohibition, like I I know obviously uh, places like Ireland and the UK in general. Let's just uh, the UK in general have like this reputation for drinking, and so uh, places like Germany. That, but prior to prohibition, Americans were known globally as the heaviest drinkers on earth. Yeah, and uh and Ken kenburn Ken Burns, I sat through five hours. Of Prohibition for that Ken Burns documentary. And I learned a lot. But Americans used to be nutso for booze. They I mean, still we, are. we still are to yeah. a certain extent. But, like, we used to scare people back in the days before Prohibition. Yeah. Well, I still think that happens here. I do. A lot of Americans love their booze. Hey, I was one of them. I was one of them. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, poisoning the, the alcohol, that just seems crazy to me. And I know that uh, these conspiracies that we're going through, some of them are going to be really weird and really shocking. Like the first one we talked about with the experiments on the, you know, the uh, the limbs of, of uh, babies and children who had passed away without any kind of permission. Um, but, yeah, illegal booze. Um, was, I mean, you know, that whole period 26 to, from 26 to 33, you know, that Simon's used to be a speakeasy. Really? Oh yeah. Goes back that far. Yeah. So what was, how, how was it hidden? They were in the basement. They were in the basement. Uh huh. You had the, there, there's a, there's a, there's a, on the, on the I don't know if I, I haven't been to Simon's in, in a very long time. I certainly haven't been in the basement in a long time. Mm-hmm. But the office in the basement was the, like the headquarters. And I can't remember what the, there's a, the door on the office, in the basement of Simon says something to the effect of, uh, something about prohibition and, um, the back door at Simon's in the base, the basement back door, not the upstairs back door, mm-hmm. the basement back door at Simon's had, uh, one of those, uh, sliding slots on it so that you can look out and you had to say the, you had to say the secret word or whatever the, the, the phrase was to get in. So they would slide it open, you know, like, a like, a Roger Rabbit. When it's <laughs> that's my that's my frame of reference is Roger Rabbit. Um, so you see, you know you slide and you look out and it was still there and it was a big heavy wooden door. You know, um, and then the door to the office, which would have been Scotty Scotty's office, Scott Martin's office, um, had like something written on the door. But yeah, they'd be down in the basement. They would they would let people in, get some booze, and stay in the basement. As I had to do it back in the day, yeah, when you were hiding the liqueur. Um, I'm trying to remember if if the uh, the mill was was a speakeasy. Hmm. I'm guessing it would have been. That would be my guess too. Yeah, where would they go? They go down in the basement. Maybe down in the basement, or they would just. Uh Wait, or b- probably bribe the cops. If we're being honest, yeah, a lot of palm greasing. Chicago, Chicago, vote early and often. <laughs> um, so, but the but the the basement at uh, at the Green Mill is crazy, though. I mean, I could I could see people boozing it up down there, but they got those tunnels mm-hmm. down underneath the Green Mill, which sure. was like the escape route that uh, Al Al Pacino. <laughs> Come on, Al Capone, Al get Capone in the would use if the if the if the cops came by, mm-hmm. he'd run down into the basement of the of the mill and then use those tunnels, the underground tunnels, to get away. They're fa- and they're fascinating down there. It's fascinating. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a uh, that would have been a speakeasy. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a lot of bars now. Not a lot, but there are some bars in the modern era that. Um, do the speakeasy thing where I know there's a bar that, uh, it's a, f- the front of it is a cigar shop and you have to go up and like, you oh, know, yeah. say something and then they, you they open the, this little door and you go, like kind of climb through. Or even I'd say, uh, this place, Three Dots and a Dash, is kind of speakeasy style. You have to go down this, it's, you have to go in through an alley. It's a door in an alley with a blue light. You go down Tiki Bar. Wow. It was weird. That is weird. Alright, uh, we've got more conspiracy theories If you have a famous conspiracy that you want to tell us about Maybe one that you heard when you were a kid And you believed it Well These are actual, turning out to be true Conspiracy theories, we've got more coming up 312-981-7200 Is the phone number right here on 720 WGN Let's get to the news
4: Some people stay far away from the door if
3: there's a chance of it opening up. They hear a voice in the hall outside
4: and hope that it just Billy. passes by.
1: <laughs> oh, people- uh, man. That always makes me think of uh, whenever the, uh, the name Billy, I always, mm-hmm. think, I always think of Black Christmas. Really? Billy. I always think of Billy Elliot. Billy, it's me. <laughs> I love that movie, the original. Yeah, Black Christmas. Oh. They're going to be showing it at the uh the drive-in. Oh, they are? Yeah. The original one? Mhm. Wow. Oh. It's through the music box. Doing right, cuz they're not doing their they can't do their 24-hour cuz normally they do the... Music Box Massacre, right, is what it's called? Something. Well, it's. I think it's still the Music, bo- music Box of Horrors at the drive-in. Music Box of horror. Oh, the the Massacre moved. The Massacre was a separate, was put up by oh. somebody else. Oh, okay. And they had since been doing it every once in a while at the patio. Ah, uh, yes, the patio. Yeah. Because my parents would be like, because they have a parking spot for their apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, where my parents live, they've got a they got a little driveway parking spot that they got. Uh, but they used to complain before they got that parking spot. Um, they used to complain uh, that that weekend the parking in the neighborhood was terrible. <laughs> I can only imagine. Because I mean, they live right around the corner from the patio. And so, yeah. Yeah, Black Christmas. What a great movie. Didn't need to be remade twice. Didn't need to be remade once, let alone twice. That's a conspiracy. You see how I segue? That's why I have a Walk of Fame plaque across the river because I can segue like a pro, like Pete, like you're on a tour. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it was really amazing. Just you know, watching um, Roy Leonard and learning from Roy Leonard. If you ever listen to Roy. If you ever listen to like old tapes of Roy or old audio, sometimes you, he would be 20 seconds into a commercial until you, and then you'd realize, oh, he's doing a commercial. That's how good he was. That's how smooth he was. You know, he would, he would actually do the commercial, you know, he'd read the copy, but like change it a little bit, add a little bit more, make it sound more conversational. And he would not say, we're going to take a break. He'd go right into a commercial. Like if he had a live read he go right into the commercial, and I swear to you, it would be like 15 seconds, and you go, is he doing a commercial? He was such a pro, man. Such a pro. So, uh, all right, conspiracy theories. You want another one? Tom, you enjoy conspiracies. Yeah, I tend to. You're yeah. a nut. You wear a tinfoil hat. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I. I'll, I'll, let me say this. I like the idea of the conspiracy more than... Like the conspiracy itself, you know what I mean. You mean like the storytelling of it, or yeah? No, I like I like the idea that things might not always be quite what they seem. Um, mainly because you know, thing like just getting one version of events is w- all well and good, but you never know who else was. You know, well, physically yeah, no, there. that's true. That makes sense. Like, like I've I've been to Dallas. I've stood exactly where the the you know Me the too. motorcade was hit. Me too. It's entirely possible that shot was made. I believe it was. When it comes to the JFK sure. thing, you look, you can see it was a book depository, yeah, right? The book depository. You can literally look right at the book depository and be like, "Yeah, totally. It's totally possible." Back and to the right. Back <laughs> and, and to, to the, the right. <laughs> so it's not it's not about that. I think it's interesting to talk about the why. You know, like why yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald? Yeah, what else was going on? Like there, there's the whole thing, especially with JFK. There's the whole thing with Woody Harrelson's dad. Oh, I know, being a hitman. Yeah, and supposedly being there. Yeah, I, I, I think they proved that he wasn't actually there. His dad was shady, though. His dad was super shady. He was the son of a hitman, yeah. like a confirmed mob hitman. Yeah. So that's the thing. Is that these no wonder he th- smokes pot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's all I'm getting at is that you know people have weird motives to do things, but I also believe that most of what we would consider conspiracies, cover-ups, anything like that, generally get uncovered at some point. Yeah, someone blabs. Someone yeah. blabs. Look at look at Watergate. Yeah, just look at Watergate. Someone eventually blabs. Someone mm-hmm. on the inside, and then you break the case. Did they did reveal who Deep Throat was? Right. Yeah. Before his death, he revealed on his deathbed who it was. Uh, What was his name? Because I mean, you know, nobody knew who he was for for decades. I think. But uh, Uh, Mark Felt. Mark Felt was his name. Yeah he um, he worked for the FBI. Okay. From 1942 to 1973. And he was he was the at one point he was the associate director of the FBI. Did Hal Holbrook play? Did was he was he was Hal <laughs> Holbrook deep was Hell Holbrook deep throat in uh, all the presidents men?
4: Uh, let's see here.
1: Because I think I'm, I'm I'm I think he was. Um, I don't remember exactly. All the presidents men. What a great movie! A really great movie. Yeah, and those those kind of movies are great. I love a good conspiracy, or The Manchurian Candidate. Oh, classic! I love the original Manchurian Candidate. So I like this. I also like the remake. Yeah, it was a good remake. That I was thought, Jonathan Demi, right? Yeah, Demi. I thought Demi did a nice job with the remake. The original is just unbelievable, though. It's. I mean, it's just so great. Such a great movie. Angela Lansbury, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Hal Holbrook. It was, was Hal Holbrook, right? Yeah, it was okay. Deep Throat? Yeah. Um. They, you know, in the seventies, yeah. the, in the, as we mentioned before, the seventies were a great time for conspiracy movies. Well, it was so on the mind. You know, it was so on the brain. And it, 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 like we're talking about, I mean, you know, when you got stuff like Watergate going down, you've got Watergate, you've got you know Vietnam, mm-hmm. which and the Pentagon Papers, right, with uh, Daniel Ellsberg, all this kind of stuff. Yep. So that's that's why these you know, people are into this sort of thing is because these things do happen. It's just that I firmly believe that when they are happening, eventually someone decides that they're going to leak it and they're yeah. going to make it known to the public. Yeah. But, you know, I'm also, I'm down with aliens. I'm down with the idea, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like Close Encounters. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So, all right, um, right. We're going to uh, take a break here. And then we'll come back, talk more about uh, crazy conspiracy theories. And at 3.30, get ready to call in because the first two callers will be our contestants for another round of Know Your Onion. So uh, more conspiracy talk and uh, Know Your Onion coming up right here on WGN. Very soothing. Who is this? Uh, Earl Clue. Okay. Time Life Presents. Uh, The most relaxing songs of the 70s. Here is a large pitcher of lemonade. Drink Deep. Wow. Uh, Crazy conspiracy theories is what we're talking about. And these are real. Real. Real? That's what I meant. And said. Understood. Um, Yeah, some crazy conspiracy theories. Uh, And listen, coming up in just a few minutes at 3.30, uh, first two people in at 312-981-7200 will uh, be our two contestants for a round each of Know Your Onion. So, and you win things. Things are good to win. All right. So uh, let's talk about some more conspiracy theories. The first lady who ran the United States. Oh, this is a classic. Conspiracy. A stroke rendered United States President Woodrow Wilson incapable of governing, and his wife surreptitiously stepped in. The truth. Wilson did suffer a uh, debilitating stroke towards the end of his presidency, but the government felt it was in the country's best interest to keep things quiet. The public didn't learn about his stroke for months during which time his wife, Edith Wilson, was making most executive decisions. Despite Mrs. Wilson claiming that she acted only as a steward, historians who have analyzed the Wilson term in office uh, confirmed that for well over a year, Mrs. Wilson was effectively president. Yep. And although a woman president is yet to be formally elected to the White House, uh, there you go. So th- th- this really happened. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she was effectively president of the United States. Isn't that isn't that crazy? Yeah. How yeah. do you keep that from the public? Does he just not make public appearances? Does he? Since not, you know what I Essentially, mean? Essentially, yeah. And I mean, we're talking about this guy is you know uh, this is the early twentieth century, right? So you're not encumbered, even even though radio addresses w- were made, like you know these sorts of addresses were made. Um you weren't encumbered by this idea of having to be uh ever present. Yeah, yeah. And like they could make up any excuse in the world and people would be like, okay, sure. President Wilson is doing this, right. he's doing that. Um you know? So it and as as you could tell from the way that she presented it, she she felt that it was right and proper for her to not make it apparent and even afterwards say oh i was merely acting yeah, on my a, husband's will as a will, steward as a steward of his already existing yeah. wishes yeah you know that's fascinating though mhm um the first lady who ran the united states so for years people were like uh i didn't they didn't know this no people i i mean cuz they just downplayed it they totally downplayed it i th- i'm sure there were people who were aware that she was in um, maybe meetings or making these decisions. I'm sure there were people that were aware, but they felt that it was in the best interest just keep at it. the time to keep it quiet because, you know, let's be honest here. Looking back into history, uh, people would not have accepted a woman oh, no. making nation-changing decisions yeah, no, potentially that's, that's absolutely at the true. time. It's that's just true. the fact of the matter. Yeah. You know, no, no qualifying thing to be said about. It just is. Yeah. How about government mind control? You got to love the mind control. Yeah, MK. I love this. This is MK Ultra, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is crazy. The conspiracy is that uh, the CIA was testing LSD and other hallucinogenic drugs on Americans in a top secret experiment on behavior modification. I remember this. And the truth was, the program was known as MK Ultra, and it was real. The CIA started using volunteers. Uh, the novelist Ken Casey was one notable... say he was? Yep, yep, yep. No wonder he wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. And the uh, the Merry Pranksters? Yeah. Dude, this guy... I mean, you you know all about Ken Kesey. The yeah. guy was basically an evangelist for acid. Yeah. So, but they were doing experiments on him? Mm-hmm. They were giving people LSD. They wanted to see what it did. The program heads soon began dosing people without their knowledge... They were doing it without their knowledge? Yeah. It wasn't like cer- a at, volunteer thing? At certain... No, th- I mean, there were volunteers. There were people that were rather... They were told, hey, you're going to participate in this experiment because we're the military and you're in the military, so you're going to do this. But, um, you know, there were people... They did dose people without actually telling them. Wow. Just to uh, kind of get that unencumbered effect. Because when you tell someone that they're taking a drug, it affects you. That's why we have placebos. Oh, because you'll think if someone gave you a tablet and said this is going to this is going to help you with your arthritis you can do some mind over matter stuff you might feel better you might not actually be better but you might feel better right so they couldn't they in their view they couldn't tell them cuz then they would be like oh i'm waiting for something to happen yeah so heads of the program began dosing people without their knowledge mk ultra left many victims permanently mentally disabled wow Uh, at the present time, another drug that alters food and perception is causing great public concern because of its harmful effects is meth. Yeah, man. Yeah, don't do meth. Don't do meth. You saw Breaking Bad. <laughs> that doesn't, that, uh, I'll say this. I'm not going to tell you how it ends. It does not end well. Breaking Bad? Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not, you know, meth leads to a, a bad, uh, a bad time. Huh. By the way, this uh, article that you sent me, I'm missing uh, three, the, oh. the last three conspiracies. We want to make sure we get all these conspiracies in here. Uh, if you have any favored conspiracies or conspiracies that you, you know, that you heard when you were a kid, or anything like that, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. How about the? Uh, it's not. Is, does this really fall into the category of, of conspiracy? Was a conspiracy to. Stop people from chewing bubble yum because it's made from spider eggs. That's still one of the weirdest things, and you know, that's still one of the weirdest things. And it it spread like wildfire. Like all kids in the seventies, there was a period of time when, like every kid in the seventies, was like, "Don't chew bubble yum. It's made from spider eggs," and so weirdly specific. You know, it was, it was, I mean, it was a big, uh, it was a big sort of conspiracy theory. Like, oh yeah, they, they, it's made with spider eggs. And, uh, so I don't know if it was a conspiracy to put bubble yum out of business because they were, they were hugely, bubble yum was hugely popular when it came out because there had never been a gum like it. You know, there'd never been a gum like it ever. Like that, the thick cubes that were soft. And the bubbles, it tasted good, and the bubbles that, that, that it made were really strong, and you could blow really big bubbles. So, uh, but yeah, conspiracy theories, they're fun. All right, how about this one? The Dalai Lama's impressive salary. The conspiracy is that the Dalai Lama is a CIA agent. Uh, the truth is that perhaps the reason the Dalai Lama is smiling in all those photos has something to do with the six-figure salary he pulled down from the U.S. government during the 60s. What? According to declassified intelligence documents, he earned $180,000 in connection with the CIA's funding of the Tibetan resistance to the tune of $1.7 per year. The idea was to disrupt and hamper China's infrastructure. The Dalai Lama is believed to have the power to choose the body into which he is reincarnated. Meaning that the current Dalai Lama is a reincarnation of the last. Today, millions of people uh, across all religions believe in um, reincarnation. I did not know that. I did not know that he worked for the government. The Dalai Lama worked for the government. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Well, <sighs> At least he's got that going for him. Wow, man. Yeah, I didn't know this one. I love that Dalai Lama is a secret agent. He's a CIA agent. Josh is <laughs> <Dresses> like one. <laughs> I share a birthday with the Dalai Lama. Did you know that? You know, I went to the Dal—I went visited the Dalai Lama not too long ago, mm-hmm. and uh, and we went—we went to a pizza place. Uh huh. And he goes up to the counter. And he says, yeah. "Make me one with everything." All right. There you go. Oh. Uh, Henny Youngman juice on display. Chris is on WGN. Hi, Chris.
6: Oh, my God. That was so bad. I know. Uh, the biggest conspiracy of our lifetime, Nick. If you keep doing it, you go blind. It was a conspiracy. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But it just keep coming. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. And he criticized your joke? Hey, man, it's it's 3.28 in the morning. Oh, man. Conspiracy. Um, How about John Lennon was under government surveillance? That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. The conspiracy uh, was the FBI was spying on former Beatle John Lennon. The truth is, they most certainly were. Like many counterculture heroes, Lennon was considered a threat. Anti-war songs like Give Peace a Chance didn't exactly endear the former Beatle John Lennon to the Nixon administration. This is NPR reporting in 2010. In 1971, the FBI put Lennon under surveillance, and the Immigration and Naturalization Service tried to deport him a year later. This is all true. In 1957, John Lennon and Paul McCartney met at a party in Wilton just yards away from a meeting place. The meeting place was the grave of Eleanor Rigby. A bizarre coincidence or not? Okay. So, yeah, no, he was under, he was under, Nixon was, well, we all know how paranoid Nixon was. You know what I mean? I mean, we've heard tapes. Get me that John Lennon. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, he was paranoid and put him under surveillance. It's true. It is true. So yeah, uh, here's a uh, Rich on WGN. Go ahead, Rich. Hey, how you doing? I don't know if you can uh,
9: delve deeper than what I know, but I I always heard that Fort Knox
7: had had nothing in it. Or it yeah, no,
1: i you know what? I've heard that too. I've heard that. I've heard that theory too. That that Fort Knox was empty. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. Maybe we can do a little, uh, a little uh, research on that and, and maybe get a little more details. But I have actually heard that as well. So we'll, okay. maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it. Okay, okay, Rich. Okay,
7: cool, man. All right, buddy, Thanks. take
1: care. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number. Uh, all right, right now, first two people here, um, calling into the show three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. The first two people in will be our contestants for. Uh, You'll each get a round of Know Your Onion. So call right now. First two people in will be our contestants. 312-981-7200. Phone lines are open. Let's get going. Get our first two contestants lined up for Know Your Onion. 312-981-7200. Know Your Onion is a game that we play every Wednesday morning at 3.30. Tom is your host. He will read you some news headlines, and you have to figure out whether they are real or from the satirical newspaper, The Onion. All right. Okay, so we'll be back and we'll start Know Your Onion right here on 720 WGN. Hello, Nick DiGiulio here on 720 WGN We are live in the Skyline studio here until uh, 4 4 o'clock we head over to uh, Bradley Place The TV side of WGN Get some early morning news from that great team And then back here for the legend Bob Surratt Your morning drive starting at 5 312-981-7200 is the phone number We're going to get back to talking about conspiracies and conspiracy theories But... It's that time of week. Every Wednesday at 3.30, we play a round of Know Your Onion. And that is uh, a little game that we play. We have our our two contestants, and they're raring to go. And um, that's where uh, Tom is your host, and he will read some news headlines. And you have to figure out whether they are real or from the satirical, funny newspaper, The Onion. And if you do, you get the uh, majority of them correct. You win things. So, uh, Tom, are you Ready? It's time to Know Your Onion! Ah, yes. Finest band in late night. Right there. There's our Know Your Onion theme. And, uh, okay, Tom, you ready? Yes, sir. All right, we got our contestants. Here's Linda on WGN. Hi, Linda. Hi, how are you, Nick? All right. You are familiar with The Onion? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you just have to fig- play it one time. That's all. You, you you have to figure out whether they are uh, the headlines that he's going to read are real or from the Onion, a fake newspaper. Okay, Tommy, you ready? Yes, I am. All right. All right. Let's get a little question music. <laughs> all right, Linda, your first headline job applicants with a four-year college degree just as successful with those who lie about having a four-year college degree. Is that real or is that the onion? Say it again now. Uh, A study says job applicants with a four-year college degree are just as successful as those who lie about having a four-year college degree. Real or the onion?
8: That's an onion.
1: Let's see. Very good. Ah, all off, right. Off to a good start. Hey, That's The Onion. That sounds real, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really does. It truly really does. Um, yeah. All right. All right, Linda, your next headline. The Vatican declares the Blues Brothers a Catholic classic. Is that real or is that The Onion?
8: Mm. That's real.
1: Let's see. Woo-hoo! Very good. Uh... Yeah, I. What's the what's the what's the deal behind this? Because because they're on a mission from God, uh, basically, and they, and, they yeah. sa- and they saved the, the orphanage. Yep, uh, the even Vatican, though they end up in jail. Yeah, the Vatican does have a recommended film list. Uh, the movie, which uh, they called "Incredibly Shrewd," joins the Passion of the Christ and the Ten Commandments, Get amongst others. Here. On this list Dan Aykroyd told the New York Post That as a former altar boy But somewhat lapsed Catholic I was delighted with the endorsement That's hilarious Yes That is hilarious a Catholic classic The Blues Brothers Catholic classic The Bruce Blues Brothers Yeah they, 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 were, they were okay with the portrayal of the nun That was, that was alright I would say it was fairly accurate for the time Kathleen Freeman, man, by the way She was great Worked a lot with Jerry Lewis mm-hmm. She was in a lot of Jerry Lewis movies Okay, well, you're two for two, Linda. You get another one right, you're a winner. All right, Linda. Your next headline. Let's go with this one. Please don't drink hand sanitizer, even if it's sold in a beer can. Is that real or is that the onion? No, that's real. Let's see. Whoa, oh, nice job, three. Linda. Three for three. What's, what, wh- why, what? Are they actually, do they actually have hand sanitizer in cans? In- yep. They sell it in uh, drink containers. Uh, here's the story. The FDA on Thursday issued a warning to consumers about hand sanitizers that are flavored and packaged in food and drink containers, which increases the risk of people accidentally drinking them, particularly children. According to the warning, the agency has found hand sanitizers with flavorings, such as chocolate and raspberry, and in packaging, including beer cans, water bottles, juice bottles, vodka bottles, and children's snack pouches, some of which were marketed with cartoons aimed at children. That's ridiculous. Yep. That is absolutely ridiculous. My goodness. Wow. All right. Well, you you were three for three, Linda. Really good job. Thank you. Congratulations. You won a MyPillow. Guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Go to mypillow.com. Use promo code WGN for buy one, get one free. You got a MyPillow. Hold on. You got to hold the line, okay, Linda?
4: All right. Thank All right. you. Hold
1: on. Hold the line like Toto. All right. All right. We have our second contestant. Uh, Tom, are you ready to uh, for the initiative? <laughs> what? I don't know. Yeah, it's go. getting late. It's almost 4 o'clock. Hit, hit me. Hit me. All right. Here's Kathy on WGN. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Hi. You familiar with The Onion?
11: I am not, but I'm game.
1: <laughs> oh, all right. Well, The Onion is a, satir- a satirical newspaper It's uh, where the news uh, items are not real. They're satire. Okay. All right. So you have to know the difference between a real news story and a uh, Onion fake news story. All right. All right. All right. All let's right. do this. Let's okay. get a little up. Here we go. All right. Kathy, your first headline, Congress Sends Unemployed Americans 40 Million Boxes of Saltwater Taffy. Is that real or is that the onion? I'm going
11: to say it's the onion.
1: Well, let's see. Very good. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> oh, boy. I can't wait to get my saltwater taffy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're one for one, Kathy. Okay, here we go. All right, the uh, sage grouse, which is a bird, the sage grouse face a new threat, Kanye West. Is that real or is that the onion?
11: I'm
1: going to say it's the onion. Well, let's see. Ooh, no, no, no. Yeah, if, it, if it's if it sounds ridiculous and Kanye West's name is in it, <laughs> it's it's real. Oh, man. It's real. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, this, this spring, the rapper and presidential hopeful, yeah, uh, who purchased a sprawling ranch in Cody, Wyoming in 2019, got the go-ahead to expand development on the property, which happens to be situated in a key sage grouse habitat. Oh, my God. So hopefully he does the right thing there. Oh, Kanye. You got to keep those sage grouse safe. Yeah. Even Kim thinks he's nuts. Yeah. All yeah. right. You're one and one, uh, Kathy. You need to get two more right. <laughs> All right, all right. your next headline, Kathy. Endangered penguin loves to watch show about penguins. Is that real or is that the onion?
4: I'm going to say it's real.
1: <laughs> well, let's see.
4: Excellent! Of
1: course it's real. <laughs> Very real. Well, let me give you the background here. Pierre made a daring journey from the islands in the Indian and uh, or South Atlantic Ocean and was found washed ashore in uh, Southwest Australia, according to the Perth Zoo, where he currently lives. Since he doesn't have any of his kind to play with he's taken a liking to children's claymation series about a family of penguins <laughs> called pingu pingu and it's claymation? it's a yeah. it's claymation animal wait you've never seen pingu no nude nude no I've never seen pingu <laughs> it's oh, P- that's great. so pingu is a is a claymation, it's penguin. A claymation penguin and he goes nude nude I I don't know it oh boy All I right. only got some DVDs for you okay uh Kathy you got two right one more right you're a winner here we go all right, Kathy. This could be it for you. Uh, cinephile refugees arrive on rafts in Canada for *Tenant* premiere. Is that real or is that the Onion? I'm
4: gonna go real.
1: <laughs> oh, let's see. <laughs> Ooh, no! Uh, <laughs> no, they are not taking rafts to Canada just so they can just see so *Tenant*, Kathy *Tenant*. <laughs> Oh God! All right, Kathy. Uh, well, now you got to get this one. This is your last. This is question. number five. This is your last question. You got to get this one right. All right, down to the wire. Los Angeles deploys buzzkill task force to break up parties. Is that Rio? Or is that the I'm onion? Say, I'm,
4: gonna,
1: I'm gonna say it's real. Well, let's see. No, God! No God! Please no! 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 Apparently not. No, that is the onion. That's the onion, Kathy. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to call it Buzz Kill. What, what did they say? We have yeah, Buzz Kill Patrols. Buzz
4: Kill Patrols. Yeah,
1: led by Buzz Killington. Uh huh. All right. Well, listen, everybody's a winner, Kathy. You got a MyPillow, too. Guaranteed the most comfortable pillow that you'll ever own. Go to mypillow.com. Use promo code WGN for buy one, get one free. You hold the line, too, okay? All right, thanks. Okay, hold on a second. So, uh, there you go. All right. Uh, that's uh, know your onion for this week. We'll do it again next week after three thirty. Tom will uh, give you some uh, news items. You gotta find out whether they're real or they're from the onion, and you could win. And that's what happens. <laughs> Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. I'm your overnight dude here uh, every week, uh, night, every weekday morning from uh, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. At 4, we head over to Bradley Place to the TV side for some uh, early morning news from uh, WGN TV. And then uh, back here at 5 for uh, the legendary Bob Surratt for your morning drive at 5. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We're going to get back to more conspiracy theories. Are there some conspiracies that you always thought were kind of entertaining and weird? Well, I've got some conspiracy theories that are actually real. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. If you want to join us, all right. How about the next one? The government is spying on you. The conspiracy is with the advances with the advances in technology. The government is using its vast resources to track citizens. The truth is, in two thousand sixteen, government agencies sent forty nine thousand eight hundred and sixty eight requests for user data to Facebook. Twenty-seven thousand eight hundred and fifty to Google and nine thousand seventy-six to Apple, according to the Electronic Frontier Foundation, the EFF, a major nonprofit organization that defends civil liberties in the digital world and advises the public on matters of interest, private of internet privacy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty disturbing, right there. So in 2016, that's what went down. Oh, boy. All right. How about this one? Fake battle, real war. Fake battle, real war. The conspiracy. The Gulf of Tonkin incident on August second, 1964, was faked to provoke American support for the Vietnam War. Uh, the truth. By the time news reached uh, American ears, the facts surrounding the North Vietnamese attack on the American naval ship Maddox were already fuzzy. Declassified intelligence documents have since revealed that the Maddox had provided support for South Vietnamese attacks on nearby island, uh, a nearby island and that the North Vietnamese were responding in kind, according to the U.S. Naval Institute. The event, quote, opened the floodgates for direct American military involvement in Vietnam. Wow. How about that? Uh, Big Tobacco knew that cigarettes caused cancer. Yep. Uh, The conspiracy is, for decades, tobacco companies buried evidence that smoking is deadly. This is absolutely true. Absolutely true. The truth is, at the beginning of the 1950s, research was showing an uh, indisputable statistical link to smoking and lung cancer. But it wasn't until the late 1990s that Philip Morris even admitted that smoking could cause cancer. Wait a minute. It took that long? It took that long Wow, the benefits of quitting smoking are huge. Food tastes better, your mouth feels fresher, and most importantly, your risk of tobacco related disease drops significantly. so uh, yeah, it's not that uh, it's not that easy to quit though.: I think the American Lung Association has said that it typically takes seven tries on average. Seven tries, yeah, on average wow it's tough it's really really tough ah, wow. and that's why they always tell you when you're a kid is that the best way to stop is to never start yeah um, which is entirely I, I, entirely I, true with any it, thing I, I did it, it took me once well you, you not to psychoanalyze here but you have like this kind of amazing iron will when you want to stop something you just do like when you've decided I, I, I'm you know it's It's kind of incredible, because like, you when you stop you stopped nicotine and caffeine on the same day, same day, yeah, I don't know, I literally <laughs> no one I know would be capable of doing that, like both on but, one day, yeah, and just cold, and just cold turkey cold yeah. turkey is a
5: and you know, I was going through
1: a horrible breakup, I mean that's a tough strategy, but if it works, it works, yeah, you know? I didn't know whether it was gonna work or not, yeah, you know you just and I was just a, went i was I was a bear. To be around. Mm-hmm. It was not pleasant to be around me. I can't. I cannot even imagine. Going through a horrible breakup. One of the worst of my life. And uh, quitting. To, uh, you know nicotine and caffeine on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I sometimes I get testy. If I don't have my coffee right when I wake up. Yeah. And I don't think I'm alone in that. No a I'm lot not. of people are like that. Some people can't even function until they have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Me I, I can go with it. I'm just testy. I'm on edge. I need a little bit of... I need, I need the black gold. Yeah. Um, how about this? There is alien evidence in the American Southwest. Well, this is a conspiracy that we've talked about many times. Oh, is this the E.T. thing? It says E.T. is buried in the desert of yeah. New Mexico. <laughs> literally. And this literally. is real. The uh, The Atari video game, E.T., the extraterrestrial, failed so miserably that the company buried unsold cartridges in a desert landfill. mm mm-hmm. um, So... Yeah, this is a that, great piece I, of video game oh, history. I think it's history. hilarious. I think it's hilarious. It crashed the video game market. Yeah, this is. People it, hated that game. Oh yeah, no. Um, and and the sad part is, I actually watched. There's a decent documentary on Netflix uh, about like the early days of video games and everything like with that with Atari and everything. Yeah, and they have one of the guys in it. Is the guy who designed this game. Oh no, he designed the E.T. game? Yeah. And he was really quite talented. And when they decided they were going to make this E.T. game, they're like, this is going to be like the game. Well, man. yeah, because it was the biggest movie ever. So he meets with Spielberg and he tells they he had the shortest deadline of all time because they needed it by Christmas that year. Oh, they had to. They had to have it by Christmas. So he meets with Steven Spielberg and he tells him this whole idea for this game. And uh Steven Spielberg is like Yeah, um, can you just make it more like (laughs) Pac-Man? And apparently this guy was devastated because he loved Spielberg, and he's like... Could you make it more like Pac-Man? Yeah, he's like, this is one of the most creative minds of the time, like a a, a star. And he says, can you make it more like Pac-Man? You know, to to, to be kind of fair, that was 1982, and there was nothing bigger than Pac-Man at that time. True that. That's true nothing i mean pac-man i mean they've had a song pac-man fever for god's sake and it charted yeah. when's the last time i listened to pac man fever? fever uh all right how about this canada tried to develop Gadar. the conspiracy is the canadian government was so paranoid about homosexuality that it developed a Gadar machine and it really happened are you kidding me in the 1960s the government hired a university professor to develop a way to detect homosexuality in federal employees he came up with a machine that measured pupil dilation in response to same-sex erotic imagery. The Canadian government used to used it to exclude and fire more than 400 men from civil service, the military, and the Mounties. Unbelievable. Fortunately, things have changed a lot since those days. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, and then that's well. the Illuminati in the uh, U.S. government. You got to love the Illuminati stuff. Uh, a secret society that rules the world, the Illuminati, and the U.S. National Security Agency are in cahoots. We're here to tell you that there is a link, in fact, that does exist. Of course, the link is actually a hyperlink between two internet sites. If you type Illuminati backwards into the web browser, you will land on the NSA's website. Wow. All right. Didn't see that coming. All right. What's going on on the show uh, tomorrow? we got got uh, Feinberg, right? Yeah, Feinberg and Max Grinnell, the urbanologist. Uh, the urbanologist Max Grinnell is going to join us. And Dan Feinberg, uh, Hollywood reporter to Talk TV. All right. Uh, early morning news is coming up.